Hello everybody! Welcome to our D23 episode for Real Geek News! My name is Kevin Andrew Rivera. We got Raul Ceballos over here. Raul, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm doing really well. How are you? Heckin' good! And we got our special guest over here, Ted Evans, the great, the wonderful Ted Evans. How you doing, man? Hello, it's I, Ted. Thank you for having me. <laughs> the announcement begins. Great intro, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to discuss D23 that happened this past weekend. We've got so much to talk about, so why don't we just jump right into it? You guys, what are some, let's talk about some overall thoughts that we had before we really dive into the Lucasfilm first. Um, guys, what do you think of this past weekend so far? Well, uh, if I had to sum it up, uh, I would say just kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, just uh, meh. Agreed. Know. Okay, okay. Pretty much, you know, sum it up in one sound. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. I was hoping for a lot more than what they ended up giving us, but, uh, you know, they showed some pretty cool stuff, but, you know, I think maybe I had my expectations just a little higher than I should have had them. Yeah, but, Ted, yeah. you agree? I was, I was thinking there should be some surprises. I feel right, right. now with both Marvel and Star Wars there's sort of a sense of why do I care? Um, mm, yeah. What's there to excite me and, and get me pumped to see more. Uh, and I feel that especially Marvel has been kind of just pushing the, the, the whole franchise along little by little. And it's mm. kind of like, okay, where are we going? What's the direction of yeah. this? Yeah. And, and I think they kind of maybe are going after the, wrong things i mean the mufasa show like who <laughs> nobody asked for that i'm pretty sure like <laughs> yeah. who who's who's like yes finally mufasa yeah the prequel series we always wanted after that really like i didn't even see the the last li live action li I, I don't really see a ton of the live action disney yeah, remakes same. honestly it, really it's, it's better to just watch the original I, just, what, yeah. why? I don't need them. they, they took don't... a they took a movie that's an hour and a half and they were like how can we stretch this into two hours and it's like ah you know it, it doesn't have the same emotion and feeling to it when you watch it you know mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. try to i guess they're claiming it's a live action movie but it's like well it's just cgi i don't know it's just yeah. Seem live action. I don't know. There's no people in it, you know. Like the but. Jungle Book was okay. It was a little I did odd. Like yeah, I do like Jungle Book. You know, Bill Murray doing a little skibbity bebop. Yeah, <laughs> that's blue. I don't know. What, what else you need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt like the the D23. There was so much hype behind it because we were all kind of like expecting so much from it yeah. that you know. And when we compared it to last year's, we had like bombshells like She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and all this other crazy announcements yeah. for D23 Marvel and Star Wars and whatever. Obi-Wan Kenobi being like, oh, I'm, I'm coming back, baby. Here mm -hmm. I am, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it was kind of interesting to, you know, come into this weekend, uh, this past weekend, and just not really get much of anything that made us go, whoa, holy crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that means I don't ever want to you know, like watch D23 again or anything, but there is a part of me that was just very disappointed because, you know, as cool as the things are that they want to show us, it, it wasn't a bombshell. It wasn't this big thing like it was last year. Mm -hmm. well, I think the, the elephant in the room is 
Fantastic Four and X Men. Where yeah. where are they at? Deadpool. Where are Deadpool? I was What's hoping for on? some Deadpool stuff. Not even a Deadpool three confirmation. Come on. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And those those were the the most obvious things that they they could have done something with. You know, just like somebody have Ryan Reynolds come out on stage saying, "Hey, we're having a good time. This is what we're working on. You know, it's in the writing process right now." Blah blah blah. You know, and I think that what got me was the fact that at at uh, San Diego Comic Con, the Marvel panel was like, you know, Kevin Feige was like, here's all of Phase Five, and then uh, he goes, here's Phase Six, and you got all these little dates, you know, that are unknown, right? They sh- they showed us uh, Fantastic Four, and then Avengers: Kang Dynasty and Avengers: Secret Wars, but there are all these little dates in between that that are unknown. I was I was so thinking that that here at D23 they were going to at least reveal some of those with at least something with X Men. Or Deadpool, because we know, we know Deadpool for sure is is coming sooner than 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 something X Men related. Um, at least as far as we know, they're in the writing process right now. Mm-hmm. So I figured at least something with Deadpool. Um, and yes. that's going to be the first time that Deadpool crosses over from what, Fox. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, so well, technically, the- technically, Deadpool talks with Korg and hangs out with him when they were reviewing uh, <laughs> yeah, Free no. Guy. But yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. No, yeah, that's yeah, through yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, just some something. I don't know. Just something more. I mean, we did get some cool trailers and stuff, and they were really neat. And we'll get into that soon. And then you know the Thunderbolt stuff. But um, for Star Wars, like I, I really thought we were going to talk about the. Uh, that that new show that they were talking about last year with the the dark side of the force, like all the the acolyte, the acolyte, oh. yes, like they yes. talked about it and they didn't show us anything about it this year. Instead, they were acolyte. like, "Check out this cool animation stuff we're working on," which is cool, but like, we don't even get a a taste of the acolyte. Like, come on, man, you They're guys about the movies, like what's going on with the movie side of things? You yeah. Know? I, I could tell that they, they really wanted to celebrate uh, Disney Plus more than just the overall vibe of Disney, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess because Disney Plus is their thing now. Um, most of the, yeah. the announcements that we're going to talk about today were Disney Plus projects, um, which, uh, I don't know, like, I, I understand they want to strengthen the brand of their streaming service, but, like, it's it's cool to see more movie stuff as well. Like, I want to see Star Wars in the big screen at some point. Uh, I want to I wanna not just focus on too many Marvel TV shows. I want to put those on the silver screen and get the chance to see that stuff. Um, but more importantly, like, even, like, the Disney movies, like, Disney live-action films that are coming out, uh, I want to see more of that as well, which we will talk about because we did get to see a little bit of Little Mermaid. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But why don't we jump right into it, guys? Uh, the first thing we've got here is uh, we got the Lucasfilm topics. All the announcements that we made for Lucasfilm. Um, very interesting to point out, Lucasfilm isn't just Star Wars, guys. It's, you know, Indiana Jones. It's Willow. It's Star Wars. It's whatever <laughs> else it wants to be, you know. Um, but first off, because we had our beautiful Indiana Jones music, why don't we talk about Indiana Jones 5? 
We got a little bit of information here. We got uh, Indiana Jones 5 star Harrison Ford gave an emotional speech about the new movie and gave D23 attendees an exclusive look at the first trailer that showcased the return of John Reese Davis as uh, Salah. 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 I'm not sure. I was like, oh, no, wait. I should have read this before I went through. Uh, and the reveal of Phoebe Waller Bridge as Jones' goddaughter, Helena. It hits theaters June 30th. 2023. So, guys, uh, uh, Raul, what, what did you start thinking about uh, all this stuff when you first heard about it? Well, dude, you know my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's that's I love Indiana Jones. Um, I love the only the three movies that they have made. Just the three. There are no Just more that exist. That's it. Um, <laughs> this is number four, yeah, technically. It's interesting to say five when there was never a four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't know what's going on Even there. Spielberg was get, just really cocky about they it. They didn't get know? their shit yeah, together over it. It's at, so uh, good it skips four, you know? Now, I, I really... Oh, God. this. So this <laughs> announcement, John Reese davies coming back as Sala, that is so... Sala, I'm yeah, so excited yeah. to see that um, because, you know, he wasn't in the last one, but... You know, John Reese Davies, he's still he's still kicking, man. You know, so it's nice to see that he's coming back finally as uh, as Sala. Um, I, I love that so much. By the way, I don't know, Ted. Did you did you ever go to the John Williams Maestro at the movies recently? Oh, they recently no, did. but I saw. But like, so they were had John Williams there. You know, being held up to to conduct. He's so old. Like, how yeah. old is he now? He's he's ninety. He's 90. 90. Bro. Yeah. yeah. He is, you know, he, he's there. He's mostly there. I mean, he is old. <laughs> yeah. He's but it sounded amazing. <laughs> he's still got it, man. So, yeah. Well, it was uh, not last weekend, but, but the weekend before they had the Maestro at the Movies uh, concert with John Williams at uh, the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, and my wife and I, we went. And yeah, first of all, John Williams still got it. Still, still you know. Got it. Still sharp up here, you know, and he's still uh, walking around. I mean, you could tell he's so much older now, walking out on stage, really frail. I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> it was, like, bittersweet, you know. Mm. But um, he did uh, play near the end. He played a little snippet of, uh, well, he actually played the whole piece of a new uh, a new piece that he had just recently recorded for Indie 5. And it Whoa. was for Phoebe, Rall Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character. It was called Helena's Theme. And so he like debuted that for the first time because James James Mangold, the director of Indy Five, was telling him, "Hey, you should you should play this at uh, play Helena's theme at the Hollywood Bowl. Just do it." He was like, "Really?" I'm so like, jealous. Yeah. You got to hear that. Wow. And so he he was like, "Yeah, we literally just recorded this last week, so this is the first time you're hearing it. You know, Lucky fresh master. out of the you know fresh out of the the session, the recording session, and it is." so beautiful and so sweeping and it the thing that caught me is it just had that old hollywood feel and that's what a lot of you know the great john williams music in indie you know it's got that 1930s 40s old hollywood feel and this exactly it had the, those same vibes um and it was just sweeping and beautiful and playful all at once so it gives us a little taste of what Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character is, is, you know, probably like her personality and things like that. So it was just, oh, it was so amazing. So June it's 30th, not... June 30th is way too far away, in my opinion. I, I want to see this movie so bad because I've heard, I've yeah. heard the, they're hyping it up so much. The director, 
the work he's done, he's worked on Logan. He's worked on, I'm blanking out on all the others, but I saw <laughs> other I remember, stuff, <laughs> other cool stuff. Um, but from what I've seen from his IMDb, I've, I'm so impressed by his directing. Walk the or line. Walk the Ferrari. line. Ford Ferrari. Ferrari. Yes, Holy that was crap. a good one. Like, yeah, that's that incredible. I can't wait to see what this movie is, or it, what the story is going to be about. 310 Yuma. 310 Yuma. I was, like, I was like, there was a Western he did. Yeah. 310 Yuma. Interrupted, Copland. This guy's done a lot of good He's, he's done a lot. He's been so around good. for a while. And The Wolverine was pretty good. I like The Wolverine. Yeah, I did too. Also, let me just Logan add Bell. that uh, yeah. just, the moment where Harrison Ford walked on stage at D23 and kind of just teared up about this movie, there was a part of me that was kind of like, is he faking it? Is he faking it for the for the fans? Like, is that what's going on? But <laughs> he then wouldn't as, fake as, it. If yeah. he wasn't into it, he would just tell you straight That's up. That's exactly this true. This movie's gonna be a piece of shit. <laughs> like he would have been so <laughs> much quieter about it. Contracts. Just get me it. out of here. The yeah. more the more shaky his voice got, the more I was like, oh my god, like he, he's actually like tearing up. I'm, I'm it's getting me kind of nice. emotional right now. What the heck? And the whole like you know, and maybe I'll come back. No, I won't come back, like, jokingly. Like, that's just, it's so sweet. You could tell, Indi- you know, Harrison Ford, I almost said Indiana Jones, because he is Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, Indy was like, with the character. he loves this franchise so much because it's a big part of who he is, and, like, you know, to be able to finish it off in a way where it's, like, I'm happy yeah. with the final movie I've worked on for it, that's so freaking cool. Yeah, he said this is his last, this is his last one. Tell By the way, do you, you guys do you guys see that picture of him and Ki Hui Kwan together? Yes. Uh, no. yes. Short round. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You didn't if see you it. Look Ted? it up. It's yeah, him and Ki Hui Kwan who plays obviously he plays um uh, Short Round in Temple of Doom. They reunited because Ki Hui Kwan was there uh, because they announced he would he was going to be part of Loki season two. Yeah. But then there's this picture online with Harrison. You see it, Ted? Yep. It's it's so oh my god! It just made my heart smile just seeing man. this picture. They look so happy, just like reunited. Oh, now man, now so... they both have to show up in Marvel multiverse movies or whatever because that way <laughs> it makes sense, right? Because he showed up, in, you know, Ki Hu he has his name. He Ki was Hu in Qu- like a multiverse <laughs> movie as well. <laughs> and now Harrison Ford is dead from Star Wars. We don't need him in Star Wars anymore. Just drop him into Marvel, you know? I I'd be happy with that. I don't know, know if he'd be into that. <laughs> Maybe for like a one shot thing. He's gonna be the one angry man at the coffee shop, <laughs> sitting down with, uh, yeah. Just say short round. Short round. You know, short round. Why does that sound offensive to me? <laughs> He's like five five two or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, in, in Temple of Doom, he was tiny. So, that's yeah. true. He was very yeah. tiny. I know him from the Goonies, personally. The Goonies, so. yeah. that's right. Yeah. The Goonies. You know, what, I, I hope that they... Data, yeah. If he could ever make a, a cool Goonies reference in his future interviews, that would make me very happy. <laughs> but uh, I yes. heard his voice when I... I did not know he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. yeah. And I heard it, and I was like, that sounds like Short Round. And then he sounds exactly the same. It sounds exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, it is him. And he was fantastic in that. And I'm really excited to see him have a continued career resurgence uh, after that movie. Cause he was, he he hasn't been in a movie in the longest time. I mean, they could have, they could have hugged at any time, but now he's back as like a really successful, popular actor. And they're both, you know, it's, it's great to see. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he shows up in next, I'm all in. Like I just, I want to see more of him because he's mm-hmm. just—he's so charismatic. He's so likable on it, camera. You want to see more of who? <laughs> short round. <laughs> short round. <laughs> you, you know, round of short. 
<laughs> saying really quickly about Kihui Kwan, he when you when Kihui we Kwan. saw him again, yeah, that's right. I got it. I uh, I could yeah. say his name. Uh, uh, when we saw him again uh, in Everything Everywhere All at Once, yeah, he had been out of the out of acting for like years and years and years. But man, I gotta tell you, seeing him in that movie, it's like he it's like he never stopped acting. Yeah. He yeah. just, I mean, he was great in that movie. I'm like, this guy's still got it, you know? Well, you know, he, he, he says uh, in, in some interviews that, like, when he saw Crazy Rich Asians, that convinced him that the Asian community was coming to Hollywood. And he was like, oh, there's, like, a resurgence of Asian actors. Like, I should that's come cool. back in or I'm going to miss out. And that's he, had, so a, he cool. had FOMO, and that's what brought him back in. So when they offered him the role for, uh, you know, the, the everything, everywhere, all at once, he was like, I hired the best acting coaches I could get. Like, I needed them to tell me oh, what nice. I was doing wrong because I didn't want to mess up. This was going to be my intro, you know? Wow. You really I'm put like, in the work. Put yeah, in the work. And this is what happens, man. That's awesome. But, you know, there's there's some other people who have to put in some work. This is my segue, Ted. Uh, and, who, you know, who's got to put in some more work to become a true Mandalorian is Jin the Mandalorian. Oh, God, did I say his name right? I hope I did. But Mandalorian Season 3 trailer has just dropped on D23, and we got the chance to see it. And uh, there's a tagline that says, You are a Mandalorian no more. We also see the growing conflict between Mando and Bo-Katan, as well as Mando and Grogu's Return to Mandalore, streaming on Disney Plus 2023. Ted, what do you think about Mandalorian Season 3? Did you get the chance to see the trailer? Yeah, I I think it's kind of misleading. you got to call him X-Mandalorian. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. You're a Mandalorian no more, the Mandalorian. No more. Is and it? then he shows up in Marvel because he's an X Men Delorean. Aha! I'll see myself oh. out. <laughs> that was bad. That was hey bad. You. <laughs> there You're we welcome. Go. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, think that I am excited for The Mandalorian Season 3 because it's been the most consistently good of the right. Star Wars shows on Disney. Plus. However,. I was very annoyed at Boba Fett um, for a lot of reasons, but yeah. namely yeah. because I was curious to see how season three would go without Grogu as as a focal point. Right. Mm. And I think that they kind of robbed us of uh, him having to carry the show on his own. And I feel yeah. like some studio exec was like, we got to get Baby Yoda back in there. You know, it's just like, <laughs> we can't do it without Baby Yoda. Yeah, so yeah. it's just... It's I'm excited, but I and I, I we got Bo Katan coming back, you know. Mm -hmm. Love um Katie Sackoff from Sackoff. Battlestar Galactica, you know, now killing it in this. Um so I'm excited to see more of her. But I don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I hope that it's better than Boba Fett and Obi Wan were. Not to say that they were bad. They just they need to carry that level of quality through the show because There's... this oh go ahead. No, I was just going to say, with, with Mandalorian, there's a bar that's been set, right, as far yeah. as Star Wars shows on Disney+. Plus. And, yeah, so it's like ever since then, those other shows, Obi-Wan and, and Boba Fett, they haven't quite reached it, you know? So, yeah, I totally get, yeah. And I think that this this one especially is important, and I think, you know, we were talking about overall, like, why is D23 seems so underwhelming, mm. is that I think we need new stories free of the legacy characters and the you know, just tell a story in the universe mm -hmm. and and get a new plot line going that isn't tied like when they introduce luke at the end of season two spoiler alert mm. uh, <gasps> how dare you 
uh, how could I? Uh, the when they introduced him, I was like, "Yeah, it's Luke Skywalker. This is so cool." And at the yeah. same time, I was like, "Oh no, we're like losing that <laughs> yeah. sense of." Uh, we're, making the, we're making the universe smaller by introducing yes, these characters again. Exactly. It was nice to have something that was just doing its own thing. So yeah. I hope it continues in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall for me, like I, I, you know, I trust in the Mandalorian because season one was awesome. Season two blew my mind. Um, I can only expect that they, you know, I, I trust that they know what they're doing with season three. Uh, what seeing the shot of like all the Mandalorians coming down from a ship and like turning on their rockets and yeah. flying into war, I was like, was "This awesome. is Star Wars!" Like this, <laughs> there's wars. Why haven't we seen that many wars yet? Like this is amazing. I love this. Um, it, and and also I have hopes that maybe if you know. I love Grogu. I could have done without him in season three, but if we are going to bring him in season three, you got to at least start taking us towards a direction where he's going to slowly start becoming a Mandalorian himself. You know, that'd be cool. Like if they made some spinoff movie of, of the next episode 10, 11 and 12 of like, Oh, they're in the, in the a hundred, 200 years in the future, there's a Mandalorian coming after us. And then you find out it's Grogu, but as an adult and he's like dressed up as a Mandalorian. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. He's got the dark saber because he's also like part Jedi, sort of. You know, yeah. Learn how to do that stuff. He he killed Din Djarin for it. He killed Din Djarin. Yeah. Uh, it definitely looks more epic in scope, right? In this third this third season. I mean, the the you know, you started off the first season as just the Mandalorian, right? Just him doing his own thing, and then as we slowly go through the first season into the second season, his his uh, his group of peers has grown bigger and bigger, and now we're just focused on so many other characters now. Bo-Katan's coming back. That'll be interesting to see that dynamic now, because there's you know there's still some uh, there's still some loose threads there between those two. There's gonna be you know there's there's gonna be a there's gonna be a conflict coming, and uh, you can feel the the guitar string tightening as far as the tension between uh, those two. Um, Bo-Katan be mad. Like she's so angry about well, yeah, everything I mean, right now. I, yeah. What, what was it? The what was the part she was? She was talking to Grogu. I think you know your father. You think your father's the only Mandalorian? Mm. You know, it's kind. Of, she's pissed. She's uh, you know she wants her her rightful place and, and leader of Mandalore. So, also, uh, it's interesting because like now her point of view like. Grogu is getting exposed to that as well now. Hmm. So Grogu's learning about the religion of Mando, and then he's learning about the religion of Bo-Katan's uh, Mandalorian yeah. upbringing. You know, like that's yeah. it's cool to see him getting a, constantly getting exposed. So again, that's why I forgive Grogu showing up in season three. But I I, I am curious what it would have been like if if it had just been Mando. It would have been nice to see that reunion in this season. Right. Mm. You or know? like the whole season is maybe him getting him back or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Gotta totally. go kill Luke Skywalker. I was going to I'm. I feel like those who may be going into Mando season three who haven't seen Boba Fett, I'm sure are going to be very confused. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's another thing I've, I've had to talk about with like my brother and some other friends where it's like, well, hey, if you want to watch season three of Mando, you have to watch the last three episodes of Boba Fett. And it's like it's that kind of thing where it's like when you when you look at Marvel, like you usually don't have to do stuff like that. Like Kevin Feige is like every story has to have a beginning, middle, and end so that well, new audiences can get it. That's Except slowly, for that's slowly yeah, changing. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of changing now. That's slowly changing now. Yeah, <clears throat> multiverse of madness. <clears throat> oh man. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I think I think this one is kind of like a one of those 
it's it's a it's a two in one combination. You have to watch at least the end of Boba Fett before you go into season three, and it is kind of a bummer. But I'm hoping that they do something like Daredevil, where like you know, there's three seasons of Daredevil, but after season two of Daredevil, they had the Defenders, and so when you start season three, you're like, wait, what's going on? But the first ten minutes has characters basically explaining to you what happened. But it's just it's just enough for you to be like, okay, got it. Like I don't need to watch the Defenders, but you probably should. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's that kind of same vibe. I feel, but hopefully mm. they kind of save it a little bit when they start season three. I don't know. Well, you know they're gonna do those those previously on, and I'm sure they'll show clips of of Boba Fett just to get you caught up on all that. So yeah. Uh, so but that that'd be yeah. kind of a bummer if it's like that's the recap you get at the beginning of season three. <laughs> oh, by the way, you missed all this stuff about Bo, yeah. Grogu and Luke and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. man, that's such a bummer. But in you gen- know what? In no, general, I was gonna say like in general the uh, the thing that made the MCU strong those for the first ten years was the interconnectedness, and now that it's going in all these different directions and kind of having a reset, but still trying to maintain that, I feel like it's kind of weighing it down. Like mm-hmm. Moon, Moon Knight is a great example. Like Moon Knight, I have no idea how he's supposed to fit in with the rest of them. Like oh, he yeah. doesn't. He seems like he's off dealing with his own issues. Yeah. I don't. And and that would have been a great standalone movie. I felt that just he. This is an introduction to a character. We might bring him in. We might not. But it's not so important that there's one thread. Like if you didn't watch falcon and the winter soldier you're not gonna know why captain america is sam you know yeah. later on you know mm. stuff like that it's and you do wonder like if they do put out a movie for the for general fans are they gonna have to have some contrived flashback scene of him like you need to do better governor yeah. or whatever you know is <laughs> the same, like, or uh, like they should start doing previously ons for the movies <laughs> Oh my Can you god! Imagine if they yeah. started doing that, they're, they're gonna have to eventually. People are gonna yeah. be like, "I didn't watch every single Disney Plus show that came out. I'm sorry, yeah. not the time." Yeah, they I do. do a good enough job. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is interesting how like Star Wars. They want us. We, we want the Star Wars universe to be expanded so that we don't see the same characters interacting. But with Marvel, it's the complete opposite. We want them all to interact. Um, so I, it's really interesting to see like the the different stories that they have for Star Wars. And here's my segue for the next topic here. Yeah, uh, segue. <laughs> very good segue I'm doing here. Uh, we are the next show that they talked about was Andor, which is uh, it takes place right before Rogue Squadron, Rogue One. Rogue I am yeah. getting all my names mixed up, but uh, <laughs> it's right before Rogue One, and it talks about the first the five years before the incidents of Rogue One with Diego Luna, uh, and the first three episodes come out next week. Yeah, um, and I think they crazy. dropped another trailer. Like, I, I, how hyped are you guys about this? Because I'll be honest, when I first heard about this show, I wasn't very excited. I, there's in my mind, I'm so set on Jedi's and seeing lightsabers like attacking mm. people and whatever all the time that when I heard that there's a show that's gonna have nothing to do with them, I was like, I don't know about that. Like, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> but as I've seen more and more trailers, I, it's piqued my interest. And this one specifically, maybe not this one specifically, but the Disney Plus Day 10-minute uh, clip that they posted on Disney Plus recently, mm. that got my attention. And mm. you start realizing that it's not about Diego Luna anymore specifically. Like, yes, he's the main character, but it's an ensemble show. And yeah. so there's going to be so much more to this storytelling than I thought there was going to be. Um, so I'm 
super ecstatic about it. Raul, I know you've been really pumped about it. What was your thoughts on the recent trailer? I mean, I'm I'm not disappointed. I wasn't disappointed by it. It seems like, you know, I'm, I, by this time, like after the second trailer, I'm like, I'm already in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this final trailer, it looks cool. It looks great. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm already going to watch it. It looks freaking fantastic. That's... Uh, I know we were talking a while ago about just you weren't so excited about it at the beginning. I definitely was from the first trailer because this is just, I loved Rogue One and I loved the vibe and just the kind of gritty boots on the ground feel and stuff. like. I thought it was so unique and different for the Star Wars universe, but something that was just, it was so refreshing to see just like a different take on things going on. And mm. this is just the same kind of thing. It's It's giving me like this kind of, you know, espionage kind of uh, thriller vibes, you know, and it's just uh, you really get to see things from the point of view of of the the the, the rebels really trying to fight this the oppression and um, yeah, I mean it was just more of just like what what I really dug about the other trailers, and so I'm already excited about it. I can't wait to see it next week. Um, yeah, weird. I can't believe it's next week. I'm I'm yeah. really pumped for it now. And it's three episodes. Ah, that's yeah. still like getting me right now. Stellan Skarsgård is in this is in this thing way more than I thought he would be. Really? Um, well, I mean, based on the trailer, I mean, it seems like he's he's popping up all over the trailer. So I don't know, but he seems like he's got a really big meaty role in this one. Oh, he's um, the he's also the scientist from Marvel, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Eric Selvig. That's right. Right, 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 right. That's right. Ted, yeah, Ted, what, what, what about what you? What do you think? Is, is Jillian Anderson in this at the beginning? Is she playing? Um, it looks like Jillian Anderson. Maybe it's not. Oh, yeah. No, it's. Uh, you're talking no, about Mon no, Mothma? Mon Mothma. It looked just like Jillian Anderson, but I don't Yeah, it, it. she does look like uh, Jillian Anderson. Her name is uh, Guinevere O'Reilly, and she uh, played Mon Mothma in like a deleted scene from like uh, Revenge of the Sith. So she'd been playing Mon Mothma for a while. Interesting. Uh, that's and she cool. showed up in Rogue One also. So, yeah. This uh, looks really good as far as... So, I know that with Mandalorian, they've been relying more on the LED volume. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just doing your traditional green screen. And I think that as seen in... Especially, I noticed it a, a few times in Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. where it looked like they were just like, well, we'll just have the LED volume, so we don't need to do much with the... And it looked like a set to me. Yeah. Like, I just... Mm. No, it stood out. Yeah. This looks like they've really poured some some money into it. It looks very cinematic. Yeah. It does not look cheap at all. And like you said, Rogue One's so good. Mm -hmm. Um And it, what's it... I have this debate with my buddy all the time where he says the stakes aren't there because we know what happens to the characters. And I argue that I'm I'm curious to see what happened. This is a story like any other story, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of like that kind of definitely dampens the 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 excitement for the next project. But like it's it's what you said. It's it's about what happens between all the characters that you don't know about. What if there's new information that we haven't seen yet? You know, yeah. like I to like when you look at Obi Wan, I don't care that Obi Wan lives. Like I know he's gonna make it because he shows right. up in Episode Four. That's whatever. But it's about the, the journey of the character and what they experience. Plus, also, I really like the idea of meeting somebody new who's never seen Star Wars before. And then I go, oh, boy, strap your seatbelts in, boys. Like, we're going to watch it chronological order from the beginning <laughs> to the end. And they get to experience that. You know what happens in episode four, but they don't. So it's yeah. going to be really cool getting the chance to invite friends and family to go see that with you. 
And mm-hmm. and going to your point about Rogue One, Ted. Uh, see, for me, it was uh, yeah, we know what's going to happen with these characters, but yet watching the movie, I became so invested with the characters because the writing was so freaking good and the acting was amazing. I became so invested. It's like I almost briefly forgot. You know, I I, I like kind of forgot that this was going to end. You know, not great for them, and yet it still pulled me in and still made me care about the characters anyway. And it's, it's just a testament to the fact that, yeah, it's a prequel, but if it's written really well and the characters are really compelling and, you know, you, you're able to, to, to kind of have that relationship as the audience member with the characters and grow to really uh, be endeared to them, it's still effective. Um, but that was, a, at least me, I felt that way watching it. I think the great storytelling, especially when there's a tragedy involved, like we all know he's going to become Darth Vader, but Mm. there's something that's heartbreaking every time you see him slaughter a bunch of kids and, you know, fight his best friend and completely get sucked into this evil senator dude who turns out to be the emperor's plan. And it's just Mm -hmm. there's something that I, I will watch that. I've watched that so many times and mm-hmm. it still is just, I think with great writing, there's always that moment of you still think maybe it'll go the other way, even though you've seen it before, even though you know the ending. And I think that this has the chance to do that. I think Rogue One definitely did that. You know, when, yeah. when they see that big explosion coming, there's a part of you that's like, maybe they'll make it. It's, yeah, exactly. You know they're not going to make it, but it's still, right. you know, you're still invested. Like At least said. for a brief period of time. Yeah. Also, just like watching anything Star Wars just feels so magical, you know, like it's not even I don't even know if it's specifically about like, oh, it's the nostalgia. But like I go back and I watch these movies and it's what Ted Ted said. I mean, the storytelling is awesome. It's like time tale as old as time kind of stuff, you know, and when you get to watch these characters interact, like there's just such a strong connection between the characters and then your enjoyment of what you're watching that I I think it really uh, it always stands out like it's. Mm It's not like I would not want to watch it again, you know, whereas... Uh, well, there are some Star Wars movies. I don't. I think I'd be fine if I never yeah, watched maybe, again. <laughs> maybe there's some, you know. Looking but... at you, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're, we're going to go to the next topic here for a second, but before we go, we, we do that. I actually, I remember I, I saw a little girl the other day who uh, was with, with her mother, and she was talking about how much she adores Rey Skywalker. Mm. And I was just like, okay, well, she's not a Skywalker, really, but, like, that's really cool. Like, <laughs> it, <laughs> like, uh, like a, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, um, as I push my glasses up, um, <laughs> like, I... Like Which I, is I, so bogus, by the way. I still can't get over it. <laughs> Palpatine, really? I oh, understand. the lightning, I man! <laughs> that just felt like a desperate grasp at, 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 at getting some sort of relevance out of the new characters and, and tying them in. <laughs> JJ just shit in the bed. Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. Jar Jar Abrams, man. Well, Jar. you know, when I was a kid, back when I was a boy, um, I grew up with episodes one, two, and three. And so, like, mm. to me, I adored Jar Jar Binks. You know, I thought he was yeah. hilarious. And then as I got older, like, got into high school, college, I just started hearing people around me saying how much they hated Jar Jar now. <laughs> he ruined the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I adored it. So 
you know, I, I love that we all can agree that, like, we didn't like episodes 7, 8, and 9. But, like, I'm, I'm so hopeful that the kids growing up, when they get older, they're going to be like, let's get a, a, another movie for Ray now or a TV series on Disney+. Plus. We got to get, like, an older Master, Sky, Master Skywalker Jedi <laughs> teaching all the Padawans TV show, you know? Daisy and Ridley, I, get back here. And I will say, that's one of the cool things about the Star Wars franchise is that it is hit... You know, depending on what generation you're in, it, it's hit different generations in different ways. And, I mean, you're going all the way back to the 70s. You know, you got the the Gen Xers, you know, who, who fell in love with Star Wars and stuff. And, you know, the Millennials. And now it, it just keeps going. And it's, you know, everybody, like you said, you grew up around the, the prequel era, right? I grew up kind of in the 90s right after the, you know, after the original trilogy. And I became attached to that trilogy, and then you grew, you became attached to the the prequel era, and not just you, but so many other people who grew up around that time were like, "This is my trilogy. The prequels are my trilogy," and it's just a testament to to the longevity of Star Wars and you know being successful for so long, and that it's it's managed to you know dig its roots into different uh, generations and and endear itself to them. Uh, so which which is cool. You don't see that very often. It also just goes to show you that we're all getting old, you know? <laughs> we're all just a couple old guys, you know, with our glasses, pushing them up. But uh, <laughs> let, real quick, let, let's poke our heads out of Lucasfilm first, or not Lucasfilm, but Star Wars for a second, because uh, there was also a trailer reveal for Willow for their <laughs> latest one. Uh, for all the all of you who haven't heard about the Willow show yet, uh, it's an eight episode Disney Plus series that's going to return to the world of the 1988 movie. Uh, it's got another trailer ahead for its November 30th premiere. Wow, mm. I didn't realize it was November 30th. Um, the corner. I never saw the movie, but watching these trailers has definitely hyped me up enough to want to go back and watch them. Um, did you guys get the chance to see those mo- that movie? It's just one, right? Yeah, just one movie. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah, called t- Willow? It is called Willow. Yeah. What What were your thoughts on all this, Ted? What's your relationship with the with the with the original movie, and how do you feel about this new stuff coming out? Willow and uh, Dark Crystal, I, I would sort of mm. put in the same time frame. Labyrinth oh, as well. Yes. Yes. There was sort of this dark fantasy stuff, um, and Willow was one that I uh, it was a little bit before my time, so I'm yeah. not as well versed with Willow, but. Same. I'm I'm looking at this thing, and again, the cinematography and the production value seem very high. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Although that now that I said that, I just saw Kevin Pollak as like a small. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, <laughs> a little <laughs> tiny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That looked pretty guy. ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. But uh, you know, they it, it looks gorgeous. The cinematography, mm-hmm. like that. Those are two things that are are huge for me. Is is just the production value. Does this look cinematic? Does mm-hmm. this look like a cheap TV show? Is the CGI and the practical working together to really, you know, create this world? And and I and from this trailer, I can say it does for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of Kevin Pollock as whatever that was. <laughs> um, no hate on Kevin Pollock. That that scene just looked ridiculous. It, yeah, it was a little. It threw it threw me for a loop for sure. I was like, what is, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, uh, Warwick da- Davis. Warwick yeah, Davis. Warwick yep. Davis. Yep, Warwick Davis. Um, or short round, I, you can call him short round. I always wonder, because my friend's name is spelled Warwick, but he pronounces it Warwick. That's it's how, w- yeah. That's how know. it's pronounced. That's, I've heard, yeah, I've heard him pronounce it Warwick. 
work. Yeah, I yeah. think the du- was weird. Yeah. The guy from Harry why Potter. Why put the double? Why put the W? Exactly. He's... Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> yes. Yeah, We've seen go. him in that. So, and you know, he's been in so many other things, but it's going to yeah. be nice to see him back in a lead role again. Um, yeah. Bring it. Yeah, I um, I'm same as you, Ted. It was a little before my time, the original Willow, but I did see it once when I was a teenager and I really liked it. Um, I thought the interplay between everybody, especially with Val Kilmer, um, Uh. Val Kilmer was so charming in that movie, you know, and just the wit and the banter and, you know, I I had fun watching it. I remember. Um, But yeah, this, like you were saying, this looks amazing. This looks gorgeous. I'm, I am very impressed by the production value and, you know, going going back to like Andor as well, like just these the when these shows are able to have the budget to be able to shoot on location, it makes such a big difference. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you can see, you can feel it, you can feel the action. It's like you're there because you're seeing that they're they're there, they're actually there, and there's no kind of you know nothing going on with green screen and the volume stage and all that stuff. It's just it just feels more tangible, mm-hmm. and um, you Is can it- tell. Is it this. true they shot on location also for Andor? Because I, I heard they they didn't just shoot in the volume, right? They a lot of it, it is on location. They built sets like it, and yeah. stuff. They mm-hmm. went to space and they found those planets to shoot on. <laughs> it's crazy. They actually uh, sent personally, them, uh, yeah. I I just really like the storyline based on the trailer where it's like, okay, there's an evil coming and there's a group of misfits who don't know what to do, but they know that they have to talk to the you know to Warwick and be like, yo. We need you to help us because you're the guy who solved the problem last time. And he's like, okay, let's go on an adventure and fight yo, the darkness. Mr. Warwick. <laughs> Gotta work on some science, yo. You mean magic. Science, uh, you know. bitch. <laughs> well, you just use Wingardium Leviosa. God damn it, <laughs> should, Warwick. Shouldn't do it. He turns into an Ewok by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> Can't oh, going my back spells to- right. Going back to Star Wars, then, uh, we also had uh, an animated series for Tales of the Jedi. Uh, you, you guys saw the trailer for this, right? The the Tales yes. of the Jedi? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got premiering October 26, 2022. This series consists of six different shorts. Audiences will witness Ahsoka Tano's childhood and Jedi training, as well as young Count Dooku's fall to the dark side, which with appearances from Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, and what looks like a new Inquisitor. The mm. new Inquisitor... I thought the new Inquisitor was the same character from Knights of the Old Republic. Like they have like the same kind of visual style to it. You oh, know the what mask. I mean? yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was General Grievous for for a second though. It oh, kinda, he made that me could think be of General too. Grievous. I was like, where where are his other arms? Where are the other arms? Well, if anything, the thing I'm really excited about for this is seeing Count a young Count Dooku interacting with his young Padawan. Qui-Gon like that's such a cool uh, idea Mm -hmm. I never thought that that'd be a thing and also I heard the young Qui-Gon is voiced by Liam Neeson's son um, and then Liam Neeson voices himself when he's older oh nice oh that's great but also Count Dooku has a very Dracula look to him because I think they must have based off his youthful version from his olden days from the Hammer horror films yeah I definitely just appreciate the heck out of that I am. Um, I saw the. I saw the trailer. I thought there were some cool things about it. I'm really curious about you know young Qui Gon because I feel like that's Qui Gon is a, definitely a character we haven't really touched on very much other than Phantom Menace and mm-hmm. you know I think he appeared a couple times in the uh, the Clone Wars right. Am I right about that? 
I think so. As a Force ghost? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was, and I, uh, most recently in Obi-Wan. At the end of Obi-Wan. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, at the end of Obi-Wan. That's oh, right, yeah. at the end of Obi-Wan. So we've seen little glimpses of him here and there. Um, but it'd be really cool. I'm interested in seeing him as a youth and his relationship with Count Dooku because we haven't really seen a lot of that before. So I am curious about that. Everything else, it's okay, cool. It's like we're kind of seeing Ahsoka again. We're kind of back in that era, Clone Wars and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, you know, we're still back here. Okay, I mean, I don't know. There was, uh, other than the Qui-Gon stuff, nothing else really excited me that much. Yeah, um, I, I could I do without like... the Ahsoka Tana stuff. Like, I, I think we're we're already getting a series for her. You know, like a live action yeah. series. I don't. I'm not sure how much more I need to know about her. Like, if I wanted to see her childhood memory stuff, maybe yeah. they could do flashbacks in the live action film. Yeah. You know, I just feel like we've seen enough of that era. You know, the the Clone Wars era. Um... Dude, if anything though, I I would see I would watch an entire series about Liam Neeson's character, just Qui Gon growing up, becoming a Master Jedi. That sounds awesome. Like, yeah. it's like pre the Clone Wars, but like right before Obi-Wan shows up kind of thing. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least or at least uh, in the early years of him and him training Obi-Wan. I would watch that, too. Him. What was what were Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's uh, relationship like when he first took him on as, as a Padawan and seeing them go on adventures together? There was a book series back in the day. Uh, God, what was the book series? It was like a young... Uh, it was like a young adult uh, novel series, which uh, took place during that time where uh, Obi Wan was a young, you know, Padawan, uh, and you saw him and Qui Gon going adventures together and stuff like that. I can't remember the name of the series, but I really enjoyed uh, it. I, I read short, a lot of them. Short round. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yes. Short <laughs> that was his short round saga. That was that was <laughs> Qui Gon's nickname. <laughs> that was Qui Gon's nickname for Obi Wan. Trust um, your feelings. Short round. <laughs> Ted, any last thoughts on Tales of the Jedi before we move on? Yeah, I mean, the I'm assuming this is Dave Filoni. It just said the production team that brought you the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. The Clone Wars and this animation style that we're seeing in this trailer, there's six shorts. I'm sure it'll be pretty harmless. It's not going to be any major, major reveals. But I think that the Clone Wars really... After watching that, my I used I used to be a big hater on the prequels. I will mm. say I used Same. to think these sucked. Uh, never need to see them again. And yet they were doing their own thing. That was lead. It was its own vibe. It was leading into the next trilogy. It was very separate uh, as far as vibe goes. But mm-hmm. it was the Clone Wars that almost elevated the prequels right it filled in those gaps it gave us more time to feel those relationships between anakin and obi-wan and introducing ahsoka tano who is one of my favorite characters in the whole shebang yeah Yeah. and so i I actually have freeze framed on this still of it looks like yoda but with obi-wan's old haircut it is weird yeah I don't know what this Yoda with hair is, but it's it's wigging me out. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe or it is, is that, a wig. I thought that was Yaddle for a second. Yaddle? Am I? I yeah, I don't we know. haven't right. seen much of much of Yaddle, right? Because we saw her like in the in the in the, the what is it, Phantom Menace? But God, uh, what I thought that name. was Yaddle for a minute. I don't know. I could be wrong. It could be Yoda. Yeah, I don't know, I, but I it's. Yoda. 
There, there's I, definitely I, a female Yoda, I, I think, in in this animated series, from what yeah. I've heard. Um, and she like, if <laughs> I'm just picturing Yoda with lipstick right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. sounds horrifying. <laughs> Maybe less wrinkles on her face or something. I don't know. You this said is... that. You said that, and I immediately thought of Gremlins too, with the, the yeah. Gremlin with all the makeup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Yoda female with, Gremlin. This is Yoda with a mullet, but I, I I will say that I think that this will be fun. Probably not a huge deal, yeah. Uh, but I think I I trust the guys that make this specific type of animation. Yeah, Filoni and all those guys. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of the animators who worked on this, they also worked on the Bad Batch for season two, which they just announced. Ah. Um, guys, I'll be honest. I have not watched Bad Batch season one. I haven't either. I haven't I just, either. I have. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you have you have some insight you can bring that we we honestly can't. I just your never got around just, to it. Your face just looks like you've seen some things, man. Like, are you okay? <laughs> no, I, oh, it's a it's a it's a solid show. I mean, uh, there is there's exhaustion. There's exhaustion <laughs> uh, from all you know. You know, there's so much Star Wars content and mm-hmm. so much of it coming out so quickly that you can barely keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bad Batch, it really, um, it's it's just a testament to Dee Bradley Baker to God bless how yeah. he can keep those characters separate and each have their own energy yeah. and personality uh, that you actually do care about them as a unit. Yeah. Um, there's Rip. a little Australian girl that they brought along with her. I don't care about as much, but I <laughs> like seeing them together as a team. And like any of these shows, while they are fantastic, there's always going to be some filler episodes. Mm, mm. You know, I, I could I could do with them just like trimming the fat and just like having really solid like a six episode, eight episode. How season. many episodes did it end up being? I forget. It might have been 10 to 13. Okay. I think it was maybe 13. Okay. And I was just thinking, man, like what's going on? I got to get to that 13th <laughs> episode. 10. Yeah. 10 is the perfect number, I say. Yeah. But that's just my thoughts. I agree. Um, eight, eight to ten episodes, I think, is a sweet spot for that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. The only exactly. consequence with having eight to ten is that if you put a filler episode in an eight to ten series, the fans will murder you. Like they, it's like, dude, you only give us so well, much time. Like you can't do this to us. No yeah, filler. You, know, you can't you know? put a filler episode. It's got to be just you like shouldn't. go, go, go all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, for for all you listeners out there who are like, who the heck is D. Bradley Baker? He's a very, very incredibly gifted voice actor who does a lot of animal noises. You might know him as like Appa or Momo from Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's done a bajillion other things. He's like following behind Frank Welker with his monkey sounds and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but also, he's all the clones, as as uh, right. Ted was saying earlier. He does the voices of all the clones, and you're gonna hear him in a million other games and franchises that. You know, he's everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's done everything. But the mo- most importantly, he is like the animal creature guy go to uh, regularly. So you'll hear him even as aliens as well. So it's super cool in the Star Wars universe when you hear his voice and you're like, ah, that's 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 Steve Bradley. That's so cool. But yeah. um, he's yeah. The man. Well, listen, guys, moving on to our next topic here. We got a Ahsoka Tano series. So the Ahsoka upcoming live-action series starring Rosario Dawson as former Jedi Ahsoka Tano had some imagery revealed at D23. It hinted at the show's links to CGI animated series Rebels. It'll come to Disney Plus in 2023. Hayden Christensen is known to be in the series along with Natasha Liu Bordizo as Sabine Wren. Sabine! Sabine! 
I uh, did not know that last detail about uh, Hayden Christensen and, and Sabine coming back. Yeah, man, I I love seeing the interviews with Hayden Christensen where they're like, "So Hayden, like, are you gonna you gonna be in Ahsoka? We heard you're gonna be in Ahsoka," and he's always got like this smirk of like, "You guys, you're gonna get me in trouble. Like, I'm not <laughs> supposed to announce this yet, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we all know he's gonna be in this show. They gotta yeah, do man. some flashback or something where he interacts with. Or, you know, she interacts with Ahsoka Tano, or you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to happen, and we got to see them in like we got to see them in like Clone War era, you know, in their in their Clone War outfits. Mm-hmm. He's got like his like Republic in yeah, the middle of know, battle armor. Do we know where when this takes place? Like when in the timeline this is supposed to take so place? This the series is supposed to take place after Mandalorian season okay. two. So. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, how, like, in the late, you know, when we saw her in live action, she's, like, questioning this lady at the end of the episode asking, like, where's Thrawn? Hmm. So I'm assuming the show is going to be mostly about her trying to find Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, which means we got to do some live action casting of Thrawn at some point. I've yeah. heard so many names being thrown out there, like, you know, Tom Hiddleston or... Benedict Cumberbatch, mainly a lot of like Marvel actors. There was actors. an odd one that eventually got debunked, but I kept hearing it like a couple years ago or something that Robert Downey Jr. was rumored Whoa. to play Thrawn, but that got debunked. But I remember hearing that. That's like hey, an old uh, rumor, though. You're like a Jedi Knight, right? All right, let's kill you. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah, <laughs> Not a great point. Terrible. <laughs> Just starts making jokes about Point Break. Like, <laughs> I will like, say, I'm I'm really curious to see if Hayden Christensen is coming back as Anakin, and well, obviously he is, but uh, I'm assuming that's going to be in flashback form because there's no way they can do yeah. that in this yeah, timeline, yeah. in this yeah. time period. But I am curious. I'm wondering if if Hayden Christensen and Rosario Dawson are going to look back at the Clone Wars for reference because I'm curious how that's going to play out with them now. Are they going to have the same kind of chemistry that we felt uh, with them two in the Clone Wars? I'm just curious if... if how are they, How's that I have the feel? answer to that question, actually. Yes, yes. Well, well, first things first, Hayden Christensen and Rosario Dawson have both already said in interviews that they adore the Clone Wars. They went back and watched all what? of it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they because spe- specifically Hayden Christensen was like, it's been a long time since I've played Anakin and Vader, so like, I, I figured it's time for me to go back to see what yeah. I've missed so that I can learn and, you know, do my doing my job as an actor, you know? Yeah. Um, but also the other thing is that Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen actually go way back. They're, they're really good friends uh, in oh, real no life. Kidding. So the fact that they're going to be playing these characters together, like it's the chemistry I'm going to assume is going to be there because they know each other really well. Um, And she she's I think she's been tweeting a lot of the time, like when they first announced her as the live action Rosario. I mean, Ahsoka Tano, you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) When they first announced her as the live action version, she was like talking about how much she adores Hayden Christensen and like, I can't wait to get together with him and like talk about it. Ah." So That's like, good. That makes me right. feel better. Yeah, same. Yeah. Totally. It's so reassuring, and it's yeah. if anything, it's really, uh, really pumping. Like I, I'm super pumped to see what they're gonna come up with. I don't know what the storyline's gonna be per se, other than finding Thrawn. But I yeah. hope, you know, I hope we get a good storytelling thing. This is Dave Filoni's first time directing on his own completely. So oh, like, that's right. he's yeah. taking the Ahsoka Tano show and just taking it for himself. I mean, you know he's going to do a great... I mean, Ahsoka Tano, that's his creation. That's Dave yeah. Filoni's creation. Obviously, with, with uh, you know, some consulting with George Lucas. But, I mean, as far as 
original characters go, I mean, he has shepherded Ahsoka Tano ever since the beginning with Clone Wars. So, you know, he knows he knows Ahsoka inside and out. And, you know, he's I, I've, I've got a great feeling now that, you know, he's the sole director of this show. I've got a great feeling about it. I mean, he's, you know, he's got his insight. So, yeah. How do you feel about this, Ted? Um, yeah, I think that Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters. Mm. I was so excited to see her in that one episode uh, where she came in in Mandalorian season two. Yeah, yeah. She also briefly had a cameo in Boba Fett. Yep. Yes. Uh, or uh, Mandalorian season two point five. Two point five. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. Uh, so this, I got to see a trailer before I can make any, Mm. uh, judgment calls, but what I am curious to see is what they're going to do, uh, following Star Wars Rebels, bringing in Sabine. Sabine, yep. I've heard they've cast, uh, Ezra, um, and eventually Thrawn, because at the end, like, for, for Ezra, it that story and Thrawn that story ended on such a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're gonna pick up somewhere years after that, and and what's happened to Ezra in the meantime, and yeah, and all that, and that I am very excited to see. Ahsoka, I'm I'm not really sure what the story is there, so I'm excited to see a trailer. Right. Obviously, we don't know much at this point, but yeah, other I'll than be watching it. look, other than looking for Thrawn, but I agree. I think as far as Ahsoka goes, there's not really much there to chew on. But because of the other cast, the rest of the casting and all that stuff, it's 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 a relief to know, okay, well, they're at least going to carry those other threads. So that's something I'm looking forward to. But yeah, as far as Ahsoka herself and what her journey is and stuff, at this point, there's not really much to chew on. So yeah, like you said, you know, until I see a trailer, you know, really the only things I'm excited about are, you know, Ezra and Thrawn and Sabine. Those are things I can kind of tangibly grasp right now, so... Yeah, I think, we'll see. I, I trust Dave Filoni. Like, I, I think he's yeah, had enough yeah. time working on The Mandalorian seasons one and two. And, you know, he's even gotten the chance to look through or produce Boba Fett and mm. uh, Obi-Wan and stuff like that. Like, he's he's at the helm learning from everybody that he can. So now that he's finally been given the opportunity to direct it all on his own and just do everything himself, um, I, I have faith that he's he's... He's confident enough to know what he's going to do with this content, especially since it's his own his own character, you know. Yeah. But uh, let's jump into our last Lucasfilm topic of the day here, uh, which is Skeleton Crew. Uh, fans got a glimpse of it, though not a trailer, showing the always dapper Jude Law, who's starring in Skeleton Crew. All we know about the story is that it's a story about a group of younglings in space, and they're lost in space, and he's supposedly helping them get back home or something. I don't know. But we got a we got a picture here of uh, Jude Law kind of looking at these like like the camera gizmo eyeballs from like episode oh, six yeah. um, <laughs> from Jabba the Hutt's palace when they're like ooh eguta gato eguto ooh yeah. oh yeah I'm so sorry you know what I, you guys know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm not crazy you're crazy um, <laughs> but he he's we got a nice picture of him looking all handsome and dapper looking at these cameras talking to people behind the other wall and behind him we see uh, the desert it's nighttime and there's a bunch of kids standing behind him um i mean i'll be honest i again i don't know enough about this to know what the heck the whole point of it is but i feel like it's going in the same direction as andor in a way where there's no jedis this is just about regular people in space in this galaxy long time ago in a galaxy far far away is this Um, the one which is the is this the one uh that's being uh 
headed by Mark Webb. This is the one because he was going to uh, do Fantastic Four for a while. He, you know, he did the the Homecoming trilogy and all that stuff. Then he was going to do Fantastic Four for oh no, not Mark Webb. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think his name is Mark no, Webb. No, 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 no. Um, God, who directed the the but Homecoming yes, you're, movies? You're, you are a hundred percent correct on what you're thinking, but I'm Mark blanking Webb, out on his name. He, Mark Webb directed the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man films. Oh my God! Right? Yeah. Oh man, it's killing me right now. Ted, are you googling it right now? I'm on IMDb. John Watts. John, John Watts. Watts. That's there right. It is. Yes. Thank yes. you, John Watts. Yeah, yeah ah. he directed the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy, and and he was supposed to do Fantastic Four, but then he left to do this one. Right? I think that's what this show is. Yeah, I think he's still well. He's listed on IMDb as still doing it. So okay, okay. Yeah. And then, well, this is the one. I think it's the one it's supposed to be. They've they kind of said it's almost like uh like, it's like Stand by um, Me. It's got, yeah, Stand kind by Me. Goonies. Those early Spielberg films like E.T. The Goonies, right? That, that's I think mm-hmm. that's what they said. Goonies and Star Wars, right? Um, which you know, Kevin, I've told you, I'm really excited about because a, it's something different that we haven't seen before in Star Wars, and b. I'm I'm just a huge fan of all that early Spielberg stuff. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, I'm in. I'd I'd love to see, especially with these kids and how they're interacting, almost as if you know, like in a Spielberg film, one of those early Spielberg films, because it felt like in those films the kids just felt so real yeah. in the way they interacted with each other. They just felt like kids. They didn't feel like kid actors. You know what I mean? Um, you know, kind of like the kids in Stranger Things, you know, I, I, for sure that started off as being an homage to Spielberg and, and uh, Stephen King and stuff like that. So um, when I, I first I heard about a, this show, I got pretty excited. I, I definitely I'm excited about it, too. Again, I it's weird. I, I don't know as much about this one as I did about Andor when I first heard of it. Right. But this one to me just feels more enticing. Like I just it, it mag, uh, attracts me more towards it, I guess. Um, yeah, it's uh it's interesting to see what Jude Law is going to come up with because I've never seen him in a Star Wars project before. But also there's the idea that, like, you know, when Disney first started doing Star Wars projects, they – I don't think they understood how to work Star Wars in the beginning. So instead of, like, giving us expansion of, of outer space, they were like, hey, let's just go back to nostalgia and just hype Star Wars for what right. it is. Whereas, like, Lucasfilm – or George Lucas, when he would make his movies, he would base a lot of his stuff – from other older films, you know, a lot of samurai films and, you know, mm-hmm. plane battle films or whatever. This is like clearly what, what we've been talking about. It's, it's very Goonies, very Stand By Me, very uh, Steven Spielberg-esque. Heck, if Steven Spielberg decided to direct this later, I would have been like, do it. Just take it, take it all and just <laughs> let John Watts sit in the side for a second. But I trust John Watts. I think, I think he knows what he's doing. Ted, how, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think that it, the more that they can play in the sandbox without having to build off of the other stuff, the better. I mean, I, I, pro- I obviously we've only seen a picture here and younglings suggest some, at least force sensitivity, if not force powers, you know, mm. they're, they're baby Jedi's. Yeah. So, th- but the more that they can just tell a story that stands alone, that doesn't have to tie in. Like I'm even more excited for something like this than I would say Ahsoka, and I love Ahsoka, but it's just like how it's it just feels like man they are just scraping the bottom of the barrel for any last tie-in to to get us to watch the next thing, and yeah. it's like I only have so much excitement. I can't get excited for every friggin' property that comes <laughs> along. Yeah, yeah. So I have to temper my mm. expectations, but this could be cool, 
And I think the more that they can do that, just sever the cord and just make something in the Star Wars universe that can be its own franchise within mm -hmm. the Star Wars universe, the better. Yep. Yeah. Also, may I just add that Jude Law is killing it right now. This mm. guy is like, uh, I almost said Gandalf, Dumbledore from the Harry Potter universe now, the young Dumbledore. He's uh, he's this guy now from Star Wars. And most importantly, he's in Marvel as uh, one of the Kree. Which brings me to our next topic uh, here. There it is. Which is, is uh, the Marvel Studios uh, panel. And the discussions we're about to have here. Speaking of the Kree, I think they interacted a lot with uh, uh, the scrolls. And we've got our first show here to talk about. Guys, wasn't that a great segue? I'm sorry. I'm really proud that of that was, segue. That was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty good, right? Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate it. You love it. your segues. I'm validated. I we got to talk about Secret Invasion here because we, yeah. we got the chance to see the trailer for Secret Invasion starring Samuel Jackson. Uh, it also had Kobe Smulders, Don Cheadle, Ben Mendelsohn, Martin ben Freeman, Mendelsohn. and Olivia Coleman streaming on Disney Plus 2023. How hype is that cast right now, first of all? Holy crap. But also, uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is even going to be about, we got a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who've been infiltrating Earth for years. Years, I say. Nick Fury and Jim Rhodes have to do something about it. And uh, that's all I need to get hyped about this because anytime I see Samuel Jackson doing anything, I'm like, bro, he's going to kill it. He's going to kill it. He's going to kick so much ass. I'm so excited for this. How do you guys feel about this? Yeah, let's do it. This sounds like a, a spy. Like I'm, I'm, like it's funny. Like just talking about going through every single property and being like, well, "Are we excited for this?" I'm like, I am peaked excitement. I cannot be any more excited. Literally, I'm out of excitement. I don't know if I care about this. Um, I'm so excited. I'm not excited anymore. Exactly. You got Olivia <laughs> Coleman. She's great. You've got uh, Ben Ben Mendelsohn. I I, I don't know why his voice cracks me up it's just it's such a fun but he's so sad all the time and he's got this real bad lisp that's pretty much him right. yeah <laughs> but he is an excellent actor great actor though yeah 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 he's fantastic we got amelia clark from game of thrones yeah and like you said samuel jackson's gonna bring it has he been bad in anything i mean maybe pause of fury i didn't see it <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Didn't one. know he was in that movie. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not I've a... not paid attention to that movie at all. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, Nobody God. did. Um, so, yeah, Secret Invasion. Am I excited? Eh, sure. Why not? I'll watch it. I'll watch anything. I've got the Disney that. Plus subscription. I'm paying for it. There you go. Exactly. Also, like, I think it was really interesting that uh, when we see Captain Marvel in her first movie, we all kind of assumed, like, oh, Secret Invasion, we're jumping in. But mm. then the movie kind of, like, does this plot twist, and it's like, surprise, the Skrulls are the good guys. They're not trying to invade nobody. So Spoilers. this is kind of a uh, – uh, yeah, my bad, guys. But, hey, Yo. you know what? That came out years ago, so yeah. whatever. Um, but I think, I think it's interesting that they found a way to reintroduce the bad Skrulls so that we can be like, oh, it was another plot twist. Whoa, that's crazy. But um, the the idea of the espionage thing is really cool. And who would be the best person to handle these people that are secret undercover aliens than Nick Fury? You know what I mean? This guy's going to do a great job figuring out who he has to kill. And I want to know what the relationship between Nick Fury is going to be with Olivia Coleman's character. Because we see her in the trailer for like a split second. I want to guess that maybe she's on the same team as him, but I don't know. Yeah. 
And Amelia Clark too. How does she? How does she factor in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of it. Um, but uh, yeah. Any last thoughts on these guys before we move on? Well, I was gonna say the the trailer. It looks pretty cool to me. I it's it's uh, it gave me some kind of uh, some Captain America Winter Soldier vibes. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of the espionage kind yeah. of conspiracy theory esque uh, kind of vibe. So I really I and I love that Captain America Winter Soldier. I think is my favorite MCU film. So <laughs> I, I just love the the way it. Yeah, man. I just love the way the the way that whole vibe and that whole feel. So and this seems to have more of that. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, there's the trailer doesn't reveal too much, but I guess what you read that um that little blurb that's official, right? That came from D twenty three. Yes. The little okay. So that's cool. So yeah, it is. Uh, in fact, I don't know how much uh, they'll pull from the comics, but um, but I'm I don't know. It got me. It got me pretty excited. I really like the vibe. I'll say that. Yeah. Also, the other the other nice thing uh is that the the next show that we're going to talk about, Armor Wars. Uh, supposedly it goes right off from Secret Invasion. Uh, that makes sense. We have written here that Armor Wars will pick up where Secret Invasion left off with Rhodey getting a bunch of new War Machine-style suits of armor. Mm, the like six-part Disney Plus series starts shooting next year. Oh, so we know that Rhodey doesn't die in Secret Invasion. What's the point? Who ah, cares? Man. <laughs> Who cares, man? We know he doesn't die. For all we know, he could be a scroll. Hmm? Does that mean the scrolls... Just just because it's Secret Invasion, does that mean that the scrolls are gone after the end of the series is over, or do they continue on? I don't know. I'm just curious about with Secret Invasion. I'm just curious about how big are they gonna go with the storyline? Like, how big of a thing? Because I feel like if it's a TV show, it won't they will they won't do the big twist like they do with Secret Invasion. At least not the, the to the to the caliber that the comics have. I don't feel like they would save that for the show because I mean the Secret Invasion comics it's like it's like mind bending like everything you thought you knew all these people all these heroes for years and years and years they're suddenly it turns out they were scrolls all this time it's like a big kind of twist you know and you had to rethink everything and so I wonder how big they're going to go with that Would you guys be mad about that like if you found out that you know Yes <laughs> that is such laziness. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Like, like deep Throw down, the whole time. Well, like, yeah. well, there's also like the, this this concept of like how Marvel is the the cinematic universe where nobody ever really dies, and so it's like you know Loki's died literally three times in this freaking series, and it's just who when do we actually kill someone? If Tony Stark didn't actually die and he snapped his fingers and that was actually a scroll, then it's like, that's the kind of stuff where you're like, what are you guys doing? Like, just kill people. Don't be afraid to kill people. Tony Stark's actually in space with uh, hanging out with Nick Fury. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's, what he really is. <laughs> that's all he's that been doing for Earth five years. 519 version. So <laughs> really, no problem at all. He's still there. Now, I'm the superior Iron Man. What's up, guys? I got yeah. vibranium, bro. Um, yeah, I, I think that it is kind of like this thing where like they got to be really careful plot wise of how they're going to really give us this. Um, if anything, I'd be happier with the characters that they give us for this series are the only ones that we really have to worry about. It shouldn't be something like, oh, guys, Bruce Banner was never Bruce Banner. Like he's in space. right? That's a scroll in space yeah, now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, I, I'd rather just keep the story tight within this 
eight-episode series and just make the characters that are in this show the ones that are the scrolls in disguise, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, like I was saying, I feel like something that big, they wouldn't they wouldn't put that in the shows. You know what I mean? That sounds like a big... that Something that big sounds like they would save it for the movie. You would think. Yeah. For a movie. Yeah. All right, well, y- yes or no, do you guys think by the end of uh, Secret Invasion... Is Samuel Jackson's character, Nick Fury, a scroll by the end? I don't know. Could be. Well, he we did find out he was a scroll. He was Ben Mendelsohn's character uh, ah, okay. at, at the end of I guess uh, that was a trick question, Far huh? From Home. Yeah. It was Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Men- <laughs> Mendelsohn. <laughs> He's got a fat tongue. <laughs> That's what it sounds my like. Yeah, by Mendelsohn. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would do that twist again. We've already seen that. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, it would just be too redundant. Well, let's let's jump into our next topic here. Then uh, we got the Thunderbolts. I know we didn't get to say too much about Armor Wars, but we, don't, we really don't know enough about that one to go too far into it. Other than I will, hey, I will we're say, excited. I think that's interesting. The the idea of Stark's tech getting into the wrong hands. You know, they briefly kind of touched upon something like that in Iron Man Two, mm-hmm. right, with like Justin Hammer and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but it would be it be. I'm interested in that. Um, but also, yeah, you know, I just watched Iron Man Two after years of not seeing it and I completely forgot about the ending of the movie where there's like a big boss fight and I was like what the hell yeah, but anyways yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, moving I mean, back to Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts. Um, the team's lineup was revealed with the cast taking the stage Julia Louise Dreyfus, Valentina Allegra De Fontaine will manage a team made up of David Harbour's Red Guardian Hannah John Commons Ghost Wyatt Russell's US agent Olga Taskmaster <laughs> Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova, and Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes you slash clearly, Winter Soldier. You clearly did not rehearse before Ugh. before starting this episode, Kevin. Some names are too long. Also, there's a name when we get Curlico. to when, when we talk about Peter Pan. Curlico, you yeah. guys are reading that one because I there's a name in there that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> and you know what? Ted's gonna read it. All right, no. we, we've decided it's already clear. <laughs> um, but Thunderbolts. So we saw this lineup of these these characters that are gonna be in it. Uh, uh, thoughts, first thoughts on the cast, what it looks like. What do you guys think of this team? Uh, Ro, you want to start? Well, I, I I think the things that surprised me the most, a pleasant surprise, was uh, David Harbour coming back as Red Guardian. Heck yes. The people from the Black Widow movie. So we got David Harbour coming back, uh, Taskmaster coming back, and of course, you know, we kind of assumed Yelena was going to come back in the Thunderbolts movie. We uh, Leaving off at, uh, at the end of... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we really had no idea. Like, okay, we know Sam's the new Captain America. But we're like, well, what's going to happen to Bucky? Where's his story going to take him? And so now it turns out he'll he'll be a part of the Thunderbolts now. So, yeah, I'm, I was happy to see both him and David Harbour especially on, on the team. Um, I think, honestly, I think that was probably, for me, the biggest, although biggest is a relative term in this case, but the yeah. biggest announcement coming from the Marvel panel um, but yeah, I mean, we can talk about how we felt about the whole panel in general later on, but that's how I feel about Thunderbolts. You know, it's cool. We, we actually get to see the lineup. No Zemo, which is interesting. Very I wonder what's going on there. No Didn't Zemo. Didn't he, he originally founded the Thunderbolts in the comics, right? I think, I think I heard something like that. I don't know if he founded like them, but he was a big, he was a, a primary player in the Thunderbolts team. Maybe so. he's the main villain for Thunderbolts, and he's the one plotting all the stuff happening that causes the Thunderbolts to have to get together and attack. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. Could be, but uh, 
Yeah, I thought. It was, I mean, I I have a feeling he's gonna show up in the movie at some point. I mean, I feel like he. I don't know how involved he'll be, but I feel like we'll probably see him again there, or at least in um, New World Order, Captain America: New World Order. But that's, Ted, what but do you yeah. think? Oh, what do I think? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> boring. Yeah, I don't yeah. care boring. about this at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got three characters from Black Widow. Yeah. We've got two character, one character from probably one of the most boring. I mean, you know, oh, Ghost. The, ghost. Ooh, <laughs> Ghost is coming back. Everyone's favorite villain from everyone's least favorite Marvel movie. The Ghost. Oh my God. <laughs> And Bucky, like, what is Bucky doing? We just resolved Bucky. We don't yeah. need. Is he going to be kind of a bad guy now? Half of these are just like kind of bad guys, kind of good guys. And U.S. agent, who gives a shit? Uh, I just, <laughs> just, I mean, Florence Pugh loves seeing her as Delana, but we just saw her. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't. It seemed like this was building up to something, but. It kind of seems to be building up to a who gives a shit adventure. I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> so tell me how I you really know. feel, Ted. Eh, <laughs> show me a trailer. I might change my mind, but you know, Taskmaster. <laughs> what they did with Taskmaster and Black Widow is kind of like okay, all right. I'm hoping, I got to see a trailer. Yeah, I'm hoping with a lot of these characters. Yeah, with Taskmaster, I hope they do something different with her and show her in a different light that we can actually. A like her character i don't know a lot of these it's like okay there's a thunderbolts team what does that mean like how is that going to play yeah. into the rest of the the mcu why is there a thunderbolts team well we know right julie louis dreyfus she's been recruiting people here and there but like for what purpose what are we doing with the thunderbolts um and of course until we see a trailer we won't really know but i have heard that the thunderbolts is supposed to be marvel's answer to the suicide squad Right. Yeah, probably not as brutal, but, you know, something like that. They're all a team of anti-heroes, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, until <laughs> I see a trailer, I agree with you, Ted. Like, I, I'm probably a little more excited about it than you are, but until I see a trailer, there's nothing really, they're not much for me to chew on other than, okay, I, I some of these characters I like, so we'll we'll see what happens. The problem with these, like, Suicide Squad things is, like, any any of these are only as good as the villain. And mm -hmm. thus, I don't care if you group a group a bunch of these characters together. What are they fighting for? What you know? I can't. The Suicide Squad. I mean, one of the worst superhero movies ever made. The, first the Suicide Squad. Yeah, pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty yeah. decent. But still, those kind of like okay, they're together and they're gonna fight something. What? <laughs> like, what is it they're fighting? A giant oh, starfish. You're know, gonna like, hit okay. them all right. <laughs> like, it's kind of like. <laughs> Okay, great. They're together. So, it, like, the Defenders is a great example. Like, okay, like, they look cool when they're fighting together, but is there's got to be more than that. So, yeah. I will reserve judgment until I see a trailer, but right now I'm kind of like, eh. I, th I think I'm kind of on the same boat as Raul where it's like, I, I do have excitement for it, but, like, it's, to me, I, I think th there was a lot of expectation for Thunderbolts because we'd been hearing a lot of stuff about like, oh, Abomination's gonna be in it, or the Red Hulk's gonna join the Thunderbolts, or something, something crazy, like something huge that would add flavor to that group of people. But when you look at this group of people, they're all kind of interconnected with Yelena. Uh, right? Wait, did I say that right? Yelena. Yelena. Yeah. Yelena. 
they're very interconnected with her in a way. Um, most of them speak Russian. Um, it, it almost seems like she's going to be the main character of this movie. Like she's going to be the captain, whereas the U.S. agent's probably going to mansplain something to her. And then Yelena's going to be like, yeah, shut up. You get out of here. I'm the leader here. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm interested to see like the interactions between these characters. But like to me, there it doesn't. Like I, I know it's 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 not supposed to be the Avengers, but when you look at the Avengers, their team is so different, not just personality wise, but superpower wise, that it changes the dynamics in, incredibly. You know, in the movies. Yeah. Um. But when you look at these guys and they all kind of have the same skill sets, it's like you know, they they have more of an understanding of each other. Maybe they'll be a funnier group together because they're all kind of on the same boat here. But uh. I can, I can tell that they're aiming towards getting Yelena as the main girl. She's going to be like top billing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not like, Oh man, I gotta watch Thunderbolts. I, yeah. I think I'm just kind of like, like what Ted said, let's wait for the trailer, see how yeah. it comes out. And if they kind of give us some new hints on extra Thunderbolts that join the crew afterwards, that'd be cool. Like maybe you could have some side ones. We've got abomination from she Hulk who just got, you know, released from prison. So, like, now, uh, where is he? Why do we have Abomination all the way out there? What's the point of leaving him in a field with nine women who want to marry him and, like, be his lover? You know what I mean? His soulmates. His soulmates. These guys are all, with the exception of Ghost, runners and punchers. This is their thing. They punch stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They punch and kick and and run. And (laughs) nobody flies. Nobody's got, like, the bow and arrow. You know, nobody's... It's levels. We need levels. Just yeah. Taskmaster's neat, but also punching, punching yeah. and running. I feel like you know, regardless of everybody's power set, I, I'm hoping that they don't rely too much on, um, on 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 the power set versus you know, and more so on like writing the characters and 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 writing the good compelling characters, right? Because you know, I feel like. Um, Shit, I forgot what I said. I think I know where you're again. I think I know where you're going with it. I think at the end of the day, it's like you you just want to see good writing. You want to yeah, see yep. good relationships be built between these characters. So if if you're not gonna give us these crazy dynamics of superpowers, at least make the characters compelling yeah. to each other and bring up the tension between all of them competing with who's the top dog because Thunderbolts are very like more badass than the Avengers are. Um, so just give us that. I, th- I think we ha- yeah. we've got something to look forward to. Um, also, do we know who the director for this movie is going to be already, or is that not clear yet? I don't think that's been announced. Well, then I'll tell you who the director's going to be for the next movie we're about to talk about: Captain America: New World Order, baby. We got yeah. Tim Blake Nelson confirmed. Oh, that's the that's the actor. My bad. Do we have a director confirmed for the movie already? I just didn't write down his name. Gosh darn it, Kevin. Anyways. Tim Jake, Blake Sh- Nelson. Jake Schreer. Jake That's Schreer the guy. <laughs> is the, the guy who's directing Thunderbolts. All right. I so. almost nailed that segue. It was so bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got our character, the actor who was in The Incredible Hulk, who plays the leader. Mm. He's going to be returning, Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, and I have no idea who the heck the leader is, so I looked it up and I Googled it. <laughs> so for all you people who want to know who the heck this guy is, he's uh, he's just this super genius, intelligent being. Uh, his powers include superhuman mental acumen, 
I think I said that word right. I'm not as smart as the leader, clearly. He <laughs> possesses enhanced intuition, pattern-solving information, storage and retrieval, and logical and philosophical structuring. The potential of his intelligence is nearly unlimited. Man, you'd figure he knows how to, like, you know, name the tip of a shoelace or something. Um, but anyways, I, I think that's... You forgot giant forehead. That yeah, too. That's kind He's of the got big, massive. Very big forehead. <laughs> that's kind of the big, uh, the big trait. He's a he's he's mega mind. He's the mega mind of this <laughs> series. Um, I I think that's really interesting that he's gonna be supposedly the main villain mm. to Captain America. You know, Sam Sam Wilson's Captain America. Um, what do you guys think about this? Because I I feel like most of the time we've got Captain America fighting people. It's always like you know fist to fist kind of stuff going on with Steve Rogers. So now we got Sam Wilson, and this is our introduction to his real first real villain other than his series. Like, I, I don't think it counts because this wasn't, like, Captain America just yet until the end. Um, but, yeah, thoughts on the leader as the main villain, guys? What do you guys think? I think it's a great introduction. I think Tim Blake Nelson is more than equipped to, to handle the part. I, mm. I think he's a great actor. I love seeing him in most things he's in. And I think it's it's going to be good. They need to establish more big bads, you know. Like, we got Kang coming up. But having the leader in there, I hope they don't kill him right away. I hope they establish him as, like, you know, one of those guys that can come back in other projects potentially. Yeah. Ooh. But, and also, I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm curious to see what's the flavor of Captain America, you know, Uncle Sam, uh, Captain America. <laughs> I see what you did. Be- yeah. Uh, because, uh, like you said, so far we only sort of got a, just a little taste of it at the end. And I would love to see, you know, the marketing and how, how it's – that's what I think is that Marvel has been doing lately that I think they need to lean into more is give each property its own flavor. Like when Mm. WandaVision first started, I thought, wow, this is so different and fun and it has its own vibe and its own color palette and its own, and each thing should be separate. Like it, it it doesn't need to be this wash of Marvel all every time, you know? Mm -hmm. So Let's let's see what's different about this Captain America and what does his movie feel like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm curious how um how the leader is going to play into a Captain America film because I feel like for the most part, Captain America, the Captain America films. Well, I mean, we could change tone with Sam, but the Captain America films seem a little more grounded, mm. right? And I'm curious as to how a villain like the leader, who seems a little more larger than life. Uh, compared to, you know, I feel like... Larger forehead than life. Larger (laughs) forehead than life. Thank you very much. You know, I feel like he's not a character that you would see in Civil War or, or, or Winter Soldier or something like that. So I'm wondering, hearing about the leader, I'm wondering what the tone is going to be for this new Captain America. Um... Yeah, well, I did. I did say. I did say the Captain America films were grounded, but really, that first one you have the Red Skull, who is a larger than life villain. So, sure. but yeah, I mean, it makes me curious about what the tone of this is going to be and how the leader is involved. By the way, I do love how they're starting to carry over characters from from the Incredible Hulk, uh, actors from the Incredible Hulk, into the rest of this because you, yeah. you know. It, Marvel, Marvel, for some reason, wants to forget that the Incredible Hulk exists. But then they they go and they bring the actors in from the Incredible Hulk. It's like, well, you're kind of acknowledging it, but you're not. Like, what's going on here? But I do like that they brought in, you know, William Hurt, you know, rest in peace. Um, and then they brought in uh, Tim Roth, 
right, to play uh, Abomination again in She-Hulk, and now Tim Blake Nelson, he's coming back. So I do think that's cool that they're all these characters are, are returning now, and uh, where we last left uh, Tim Blake Nelson, he right, he had gotten to that accident, and the, he had the cut on his head, and, you know, Bruce's gamma blood got into his head. So we didn't really see anything else from him after that, so now we'll be seeing him as full-on leader. Uh, so... Yeah, I think, it's, uh, yeah. Ten, ten bucks says that Edward Norton's going to show up at uh, in Secret Wars as uh, as another yeah. Hulk from another dimension. I I doubt Edward Norton's going to want to come anywhere near movie. an MCU project just after, after the Incredible Hulk. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the Incredible Hulk from that movie beating the crap out of our current Bruce Banner, who's just a professor? Yeah. Like, yeah, that it was a stupid smart Hulk. That relationship with Edward Norton and Marvel did not end very well, so I don't know. I, who knows? I, He's going to get paid a lot of money if they get him to do it. That, that's what's yeah. going to happen. But I, I think going back to what you said, though, about how uh, the previous movies with Steve Rogers, uh, they were very grounded. A lot, Like, the Winter Soldier and then Civil War always had, like, a, a question about government and, like, what it what it's like to be in society and questioning society and what is real, what is not. Uh, for me, like I look at the leader now, like as as we've been talking, and I just think about how, like you know, yes, Steve Steve Rogers answers questions with fists, but like now this Captain America is gonna have to answer questions with thoughts, hmm. you know, and and talking about philosophy with this guy who's the smartest dude in the planet, apparently. Brains um, versus brawn, yeah. Brains versus bronze. How can you fight brains if you can't even get to the brain because they're too smart for you to get close? There's there's something in there, I think. But <laughs> I think that uh, I think it's a it's a cool new direction. Again, I, I, just like we've been saying earlier for other stuff, I gotta see a trailer. I gotta see a trailer. Yeah. I gotta and hear more the, news about it. Here's uh, sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to step. Yeah, on I don't you. know. Go ahead. And that's the problem with this Marvel panel in general. A lot of it was just this kind of stuff. Like, oh, we get a first look. Oh, we get a little tease of this here and there. And a lot of my reaction to this is basically what we've been saying is just like, yeah, okay, when we see a trailer, yeah. But it's like, why didn't they put something out there? We know some of these have already been, you know, in the works. You know, just I don't know. I feel like we should have gotten a little more to give us a, a, a better taste of how these projects are going to go because really all that we're left with is like, all right, cool, that's happening. All right. Well, the, I think that's... the problem with D23 is that they came in this past weekend and were like, hey, attention, everybody, we're doing D23 as if it's San Diego Comic-Con. Like we, yeah. We're trying to treat it like it's San Diego Comic-Con, but then you show up to it and they're like, Okay, so anyways, here's all the stuff we've already told you guys about. Let's well, celebrate. They set like, the president. They, the president. They set the precedent for this. Joe back Biden in showed up. <laughs> Joe Biden at, at, uh, at uh, D23. No, but they set a precedent for this. They said they wanted to treat this like a Comic-Con. Well, it doesn't feel like they did, you know, especially since the last one felt, you know, like more of a bigger thing. I feel like every t- everything that we're talking about for Marvel is, again, it's stuff we already knew about, but it's almost as though they came back and were like, hey, you want another slice, like a little piece that I can give you a little bit more? And, like, that's not enough to, to like, make me feel like I'm, I've accomplished something, like I've learned something completely new. Yeah. But it's enough to just make you go, okay, but give me give me something else now. Like, I'm, I'm still here. Like, I'm still – I still want to learn more about these projects. Um. But you know there there is one thing that I've been really excited to talk about, which is the Daredevil Born Again series on on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay, let me just start off before I start reading all this information. 
I just started watching Daredevil on Netflix, like, period. And uh, I'm I'm on season three already because that's oh. how fast oh, yeah. I binge-watched this show. Within nice. the past so two to three weeks, I've been watching it nonstop religiously. Yeah. Also, at the time of this recording right now, tomorrow is the first episode of She-Hulk that introduces Daredevil. So I'm like, oh, ah, Charlie Cox! I, I love that man so much. I, I just, I also, guys, I'm a very big nerd. I bought the Charlie Cox Murdoch glasses and I bought a, a walking stick because I'm totally going to cosplay as Matt Murdoch the next time I go to a convention. It's going to happen. Is this it's going to be this, awesome. This is your Halloween, this is your Halloween costume. This Halloween is my Halloween right costume. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. I just got to get a suit or something. Maybe go to Goodwill or something. <laughs> Anyways, so we got Daredevil born again here, you guys. Uh, let me read this off for you. No footage was shown, of course. But both Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio were brought on stage. Cox addressed the crowd. It's emotional. It's really, really emotional. What an odd feeling in some ways to be doing this for a long time, but starting again. Then also, Charlie Cox was heard in an interview to say, uh, this is a season one. It is not season four. So it is a whole new thing, which I think is the way to go. If you're going to do it again, do it differently. So this is really interesting news. There was a part of me that was like, I'm watching all of Daredevil. Like, continue season four. But the more I've gotten into Daredevil season three, the more I'm like, damn, like, he's lost so much of what makes him Daredevil. Like, he's, like, getting all these character arcs in that I feel like it is better to just start it over and give us Born Again. Because I want to see a happier Charlie Cox and Matt Murdock in this next upcoming series because he's gotten so depressed and I feel for him and I love the show so much right now. But... (laughs) I, God, give him something good, you know? Make him happy. Praise Jeebus, you know? Like, get him back to church. Make him a good Jesus boy. But anyways, Ted, what, what do you think about all this? I heard that this is going to be 18 episodes. Yeah. 18 yes. hour long episodes. Heck it's nuts. Yeah. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> what do you mean, no? <laughs> 10, 10 episodes. That's no! Really Perfect. 18 <laughs> episodes? It what? is funny that a lot of these Marvel shows are like, oh, six episodes, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of them lately have been, like, six episodes. It's Which like, is not enough. That's, that's doable. not enough. You should do... <laughs> but what, the thing is, they can't... So they're like, okay, we'll give you more. And then they completely overshot and, like, okay, 18 episodes. And they're like, yeah. well, well, I didn't want that much more. Whoa. <laughs> I want that much more. <laughs> if it's I, good, I, I, if it's good, I'll be psyched, you know? I mean, but, like... There's a bunch of those Netflix uh, Marvel shows that I didn't get through. Uh, Punisher well, season two, uh, same, Luke Cage yeah. season two, uh, Jessica uh, Jones season three, yep. Iron Fist season two. I didn't finish those because oh, I was listen. like, as ah, too much, too much. All, all that matters is Daredevil, Ted. All right, that's I mean, all that matters. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> I, I think if anything, the writers for Born Again are probably looking at the Netflix series knowing very well that the same actors are coming back for their show now and they're like oh shit like we gotta make sure that this stacks up to that series plus also there's the the idea that like you know there's three seasons of Daredevil on Netflix and after what's been five years since they finished season three um, after five to seven years maybe they're like we gotta give the people more we can't just give them like six episodes of Daredevil yeah let's overshoot it baby but they better do a good job you know I they I wanna I wanna hope that Kevin Feige knows what he's doing with this decision to make it that many episodes 
but we'll I'm excited. I'm so super they, excited. Is it conf- they're one hour episodes? I don't I know so. about that. Are they? I don't, I don't know. That's what my friend said. But if they're oh man, if they're quite out. a lot, yeah. Well, I'll that's be honest. A lot like, of <laughs> I'd rather it be an hour long than thirty minutes because yeah. we're watching She-Hulk right now, and every episode's like 33, 35 minutes at a time, and that doesn't even include like the really long end credit stuff. So that yeah. really makes it like twenty nine minutes long at this point. Yeah. Um, and when you only get that much from a She-Hulk series or Marvel series, you expect to be able to see more than that. Um, and when it ends too fast, you're like, eh. Okay, like I feel a little empty by the end of this. Like I, I guess I'll wait till the next week now and hope I mean, to God the next one's forty minutes long. Length, yeah, bro, what's up? Length really shouldn't. It shouldn't matter as long as it's written in a way that it's compelling, right? I mean, it's it's that's the thing about. It's Chino more of the girth. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more oh, girth. Yeah, that's I'm like <laughs> mid drinking so water right now. You know, you want a girthy Marvel <laughs> show. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like with She-Hulk. I had to like, throw that in there. She-Hulk right now. Who's laughing right now? <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Get I can't. In face. <laughs> it's just well with She-Hulk right now. It's like there's it's thirty minutes, but I feel like it's written in a way that it should be longer. It's like after the thirty minutes is over, you're like. Oh wait, that's that's it. I feel like we were just getting going with this episode, you know. So mm-hmm. you can write thirty-minute shows for She-Hulk, but as long as you write it in a way that you've, I don't know, you 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 feel like you're getting enough in, but it it doesn't feel like it's so much with mm-hmm. She-Hulk. But anyway, that's just my take on it. But yeah, we'll see. Eighteen episodes. Woo. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited. Like I I am a completely born again new fan of Charlie Cox, so I'm like. Like, I, I get the hype now. Everybody's been so hyped about this actor playing this character. And for the longest time, I I remember just watching the clips and whatever and being like, yeah, it's cool. But now it's like, I'm in. I'm so in. When I'm done watching season three, I'm going to go back to Spider-Man No Way Home just to celebrate all over again. And then I get to watch She-Hulk's episode. And then I get to watch Born Again. And then I get to watch the freshman year Spider-Man, which I'm kind of not excited about. But there's Echo. Right. Echo. And then there's Echo. Like, I mean, come on. Like, that's... I'm I'm really happy for Charlie Cox, and I, I hope he gets to continue doing this for the next 10 years. Um, God forbid. See what I did there? Because he's Catholic. All right. <laughs> Anyways. All right. <laughs> jokes. We got jokes. We got jokes here, everybody. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. I'll see myself out. All right. Anyways, we got the Marvels to talk about as well. Uh, so the Marvels director, Nia DaCosta, showed a trailer that teased the dynamic between Kamala Khan, Monica Rambeau, and Carol Danvers and showed the trio fighting together. It comes to theaters July 28, 2023. Brie Larson has also been known to say in an interview, you get to see a new side of Carol where she has to team up or she has to learn to relinquish some of the control and realize that she makes mistakes and she needs support she needs help, and it's the beginning of a new phase for her. What do you guys think about this? Ted? Hard to go off of the end of, because the end of uh, Ms. Marvel, the stinger where they brought mm. in, I was very confused. Yeah. Mm. It's just like, she seemed to teleport out, and Mrs. Marvel seemed to teleport in, and it's like, all right, I, 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 yeah, I want to <laughs> see more of Ms. Marvel as a character. I think that she had a lot yeah. of promise. Those first two episodes of Ms. Marvel, I think, were some of the best they put out. I felt like mm-hmm. it kind of went the way of a lot of Marvel stuff uh, sure. the last part of that season. But um, 
I think both of those characters need some more love and attention. And who's the third one? Ms. Marvel. And Monica Rambo. And Monica Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. I think all those characters need a little bit more. I mean, I think a lot of people consider Ms. Mar- uh, Captain Marvel to be one of the so many Marvels, thus the Marvels. Uh, the Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to see more from them and give them a chance to spread their wings a bit and yeah. really establish themselves as characters because so far they've been just add-ons to other movies here and there, and so. Hopefully this gives us a chance to really feel those characters be people. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. I think I think again, yeah, Captain Marvel's just been this badass most of the time and so it'll be nice to to see the the more emotional side of Carol Danvers as well. Uh we already know Miss Marvel's going to like bring that out of her too cuz Miss Marvel's like a total fangirl for the Marvel oh, or yeah. all the Avengers and stuff like that. Yeah. That and we also know that Monica Rambeau is like mad towards Carol Danvers I was about stuff. Just about to say, yeah. Based That's... on what we saw from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. That's um, something interesting I'm 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 hoping they'll explore. You know there's some there's some tension going on with Monica and Captain Marvel. And it, mm-hmm. I think it might be safe to assume that it might be something with like, you know, when when she blipped and disappeared in the hospital and woke up and her mom was dead from cancer. Yeah. She, maybe she holds that against Carol Danvers for not trying to save her or help her or like nobody came for my mom. Yeah, mm. you guys were friends or I don't yeah. know. There's got to be something there. Um, either way, again, as we've been saying, waiting for that trailer, guys. Ha! Ah, mm-hmm. How frustrating is it though that they showed a clip at D23 and we can't see anything? That, that's ah. what a lot of these. A, a lot of I was going through all the stuff like. You know, the Marvel panel and, and, and even the Disney panel, Disney Pixar, a lot of it was like a clip, uh, some footage was shown exclusively to D23 audiences. A clip was shown exclusively to D23 audience, like over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, I get, you know, you got to give people at D23 a little something extra. You know, they, they made the trek over there. They paid the money to attend. I get that. I understand showing them a little something. But it was just like so much. Like you could have let us have something else, you know, released publicly. Like just were... something. It was just like uh, little morsels that we got. Barely. Nothing really. There was <clears throat> more. We already talked about it. I wish, uh, again, I was hoping to get more Deadpool stuff, X-Men stuff. Yeah. Uh, nothing. There was also more trailer stuff for Star Wars and Lucasfilm than there was for Marvel, which I guess that makes yeah. sense. There's, there's way more projects for Marvel, but like. I think Lucasfilm is at a position where they're like, we got to start advertising our stuff more because not enough of our stuff has gone out yet. So we got to we gotta do a little bit better at that. Um, let's, let's move on to our next topic here, though. We got Werewolf by Night. Ooh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to make a little segue like, oh, not so ma- not as many trailers as Marvel, but one trailer they did release. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. They did have a trailer for Werewolf. Missed opportunity, um, Kevin. Gosh darn it, Kevin. All right, let's reverse, <laughs> shall we? Nah, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Werewolf by Night will be the first MCU Halloween special when it hits Disney Plus on October 7th, and it got its first trailer. Uh, Ted, what did you think of this trailer? Have you Did you get the chance to see this yet? Yes. Uh, you know, I am a big Halloween fan. I do love yeah. uh, seeing different flavors of things. So this, I, I know nothing about Werewolf by Night. Um, so I'm going in totally cold... I'm going to check it out. And yeah. it's, if it's just a special, 
I don't know if it's a series or it's, it looks like it's just a special. Just a special, yeah. Yeah, something to watch during the Halloween season. I'm all for it. Yeah, It's kind of interesting same. that they're, they're doing that also with the Christmas special with Guardians 3. Yeah. So it's like th- yeah. this is the year of, of holiday specials. I love – it's got like this grindhouse feel. It's, I'm yeah. getting like these major grindhouse vibes like from the trailer. It's just got that kind of old school like pulpy kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And I really – I don't know too much about Werewolf by Night, but I do know like he kind of had – kind of his debut like in the 70s and those were kind of like pulpy comics you know Uh, so i i i do like that when they do transfer him to like you know live action it's kind of in an old 30s 40s pulpy style so i think that's really cool it looks really unique and really interesting and we'll see what uh gael garcia bernal does with it um you know i love him i love him as an actor i think he's great you know fantastic Um, so think, we'll uh, see. Yeah. For me, I, 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 it's kind of hard for me to differentiate it from like a like a, a one-off thing or an MCU project because just based on the trailer, like I didn't feel like it was MCU, which is kind of strange. Like I, I don't know where I've I've also never heard of Werewolf by Night until maybe like recently, like a couple months ago, that I started yeah. hearing this title. Yeah. And uh, all I could think was like, man, we're we're really entering the supernatural phase of Marvel as well as the multiverse. And, Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight debuted in a Werewolf by Night comic. Oh. So that was the debut of Moon Knight was from a Werewolf by Night comic. So I'm hoping the eventually they might tie this in with Moon Knight or Blade or something like that. There might well, that would be cool. This That'd with Blade cool. somehow tying that in. Yeah. Um yeah, I I think that's really neat. It's it's well, isn't that you were saying like it doesn't feel like MCU, but I I feel like sometimes that's kind of the beauty of MCU is that they're able to do all these different types of you know genres within you know the superhero genre. You know, you've got space. You know, you got your space comedies. You got your grounded. You know, conspiratorial. You know whatever kind of spy film you've got, you know, heist film, you've got all these different vibes. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of horror vibes this will have. I don't know. It looks like it might lean a little towards like maybe horror satire, maybe a little bit comedy in there, but uh, I'm curious to see how, how, what it looks like. So, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, it's interesting that uh, Moon Knight came from this because I did, uh, after watching the show, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Moon Knight show, hmm. uh, but I did go out and read the comics afterwards. And with the different art, they had three different artists depending on the personality. Hmm. So uh, that's yeah. cool. When we meet Jake, he, he's got this like, like neon colored uh noir uh vibe to it and then when we are with steven he is sort of like an old hollywood kind of fully fleshed mm. out and then when we're with um uh mark mark he is very sketchy very kind of uh troubled you know and yeah. so i think there was a real missed opportunity to do that same kind of thing for the look mm. of each segment it was all uni- uniform yeah. which you know for a show that makes sense but I hope that this is actually in black and white and takes, you know, that it's not just for the trailer that they yeah. did that kind of grind grindhouse effect because they, they can mess with the format of any project they want. And they can yeah. really, I, I, I just want them that it MCU-ness has almost become like kind of like a negative connotation. It's like, oh, it's just more MCU. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's a wash kind of. But if they can make more projects that have a unique feel, I think 
This could be really cool. I think they might keep the black and white. I mean, that would be kind of a shitty bait and switch, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hope I'm hoping they will. Yeah. I think they might. I think they will. We'll see. Well, you also know fun fact. Uh... Sorry, sorry. Just fun fact, real quick. Directed by Michael Giacchino, the uh, the film composer. So this is like, he's directed like a couple short films and stuff. So this is, I thought that was interesting. He's like a mostly a film composer, but he's directing this special. So interesting. Just want to put that out there. I do like the whole black and white thing too, though. Uh, I, I I've been slowly getting myself into black and white films. Uh, thanks to Raúl as well. I've been I've been watching more and more of those. Um, but you know what uh, Michael Jackson always says: "Ain't don't matter if you're black or white." Speaking of black, Black Panther. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Am I getting canceled? I'm, I'm just so sorry. Reaching now, I'm reaching. I was really trying for that one. All right, well, listen, guys, <laughs> we got Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, <laughs> director Brian Coogler showed an exclusive scene revealing that the international community is after the country's supply of vibranium in the wake of King T'Challa's death. The Dora Milaje, Wakanda's all-female special forces unit, isn't going to let it go easily, though. The movie hits theaters November 11th. Oh, I'm still thinking about my stupid segue. That was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, man. Um, I didn't... I When I heard about this part, like, the idea of... Uh, you know, other people from international communities trying to go after the vibranium. I think, Raul, is that something that you and I talked about recently? Because I swear to God, I, I thought that that might have been an idea that they could go for. So it's, I, it is cool to see that they, they're doing that. Yeah, I don't recall. Uh, yeah, this is the first time, at least for me, I think this is the first time I've heard this kind of concept uh, in relation to Wakanda Forever. Well, also, um, this finally does confirm that T'Challa is dead. Like, he's dead in the movie as well. Like, he, it's not just like, a, oh, the king had to disappear for a long time. Like, no, no he's dead. And he's this, dead. Yeah. this is the outcome of what happens after a king like him dies, um, which I think is really cool. But I don't think, again. see how they, how they do that. Mm, yeah. What, like, what's his cause of death in the, in the movie? Yeah, how do they write it? You think it they'll yeah. keep it vague? Like maybe they'll be like, "No, he just died." But how? Yeah, he died. In, okay, in, in well, battle. <laughs> moving on then. You know, like, do they want yeah. us to know, or do, is it just one of those like, "This is the fact. Let's get the story started now." Like, now what happens to other countries when they find out our king's dead? Yeah. Um, this also makes me think of it. it kind of. I mean, I'm sure they'll hopefully they'll make it different enough. But the concept behind this movie sounds very similar to Armor Wars. You know, it's like, you know, Tony Stark's dead. What happens when Tony's tech gets into the wrong hands? T'Challa's dead. What happens when the Wakandan tech gets into the wrong hands? Right. Um, So I'm hoping it's it'll be different enough, because as soon as you read off that summary, I was I just thought of Armor Wars. I'm like, okay, well, how can they make this different? Obviously, you've got the. You've got Namor and, and all those guys involved. I wonder how, now that I've heard this synopsis, I wonder what Namor and, uh, I keep wanting to say Atlantis, but now they've changed it. It's it's a different name. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, they changed. Now they it's changed. Atlantis. No, <laughs> it's like something Aztec. It's like some kind of Aztec-based uh, culture that they're making the, their people based on. Uh, which I think is it's great. I mean, because you already have Atlanteans in the DC universe with Aquaman, so you know this kind of differentiates it. But I wonder mm. how Namor and them kind of play into this story. Yeah, uh, me now too. Knowing what we know, but 
Yeah. But also seeing the actor that plays Namor, like I'm super pumped to see what he's going to come up with because he was talking a lot in the in interviews how like you know everything like all the CGI is like in front of him, all the music's playing around him, like the set is amazing. He's so immersed into the role that the the producers and everybody around him on set just make it easy for him to just be the character. So I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing his performance as Namor in this movie. It's a really cool introduction too, because isn't he like the first Marvel superhero, technically in the comics? Oh, he's one of the first. He goes one back to he goes way back to um, the '30s with his debut. Yeah. It was like him and the original Human Torch are like right. way back in the day. Yeah, and he's, so he comes before Aquaman, right? Because Aquaman was made afterwards. By like I think like Maybe, by a couple of years or something. Yeah, I think I think that might be right. But yeah, he's he goes way back to the early days of Marvel. I think before they even called them Marvel Comics. Yeah. Before their their name, I think it may have been Timely Comics or something at the time. But yeah, he's he's a very early uh debut. Yeah. I remember this old Spider-Man game where you could play as Namor, Spider-Man or Hawkeye, but like old Ooh, school nice. Hawkeye. Yeah. Only those 3? Uh, I think there was one more, but I forget. Anyways, it's uh, he is one of the more early heroes, but it's mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and it and it seems like they've uh, the design of him is both faithful and taking it in a new direction, which is cool. Yeah, it That's still so cool. looks like Namor. They've just changed the the culture that that they're based around. It's more Aztec-y, but you look at him and you're like. Okay, yeah, that's that's Namor. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Aslantis. 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 Wow. There's one letter. God damn it. Guys, I got it. Instead of a T, let's do a Z. You mean like Zoro? Yeah. All right. Who came up with that idea? Give that man a raise. Give him all the raises. Well, let's move on to our next topic here, then. We got uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I pronounced that very weirdly. Quantum. Quantumania. You want to go to Quantumania? Quantumania. It's a fun ride, I guess. So Ant-Man 3 kicks off Phase 5 of the MCU on February 17th, 2023, and an exclusive look at the movie showed Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne working with her parents, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, along with Scott's daughter, Cassie Lang, to explore the quantum realm, we saw new MCU big bad Kang holding Cassie hostage and trying to force Scott to steal something for him. Also, Bill Murray's Bill Murray's character appeared briefly. Okay, cool. Hmm. Oh, in the footage? Yeah, this is footage we didn't okay. see. So from what we've heard, it sounds interesting. Um, God, I hope they nail Kang, because this is the first time we're really going to see Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've seen him in Loki season one, but not as the Conqueror yet. But... Right. uh. You know, I, I think it's it's going to be fun. It's interesting. I was wondering how the heck they were going to make Scott Lang do anything. And I'm like, ah, of course, the daughter. You got to steal the daughter and you know, <laughs> force him to do stuff, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think of this so far? Uh, I am ready for the MCU to get a move on. That <laughs> means Kang because yes. we've been needing that up. unifier. Like we had Thanos. Yeah. We need something. I agree. Otherwise, it just feels like we're spinning our wheels. Yeah, I, I feel like phase phase one through three. Like in phase one, it was how many, it was just six movies by the time we introduced Thanos, and we're like, okay, we know what this is about. But now we're like, what, seven movies, six, seven shows deep, and 
we still don't know. We, we know it's going to end in, in Secret Wars, but it's like, all right, come on. You're, show, you're telling us Kang. You seems to be telling us Kang is the big bad here. Let's mm-hmm. get, yeah, like you say, let's get a move on with it. What's what's going on here? I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And my I, thing, oh, sorry. No, no, I, I was just going to say that uh, it, it's interesting that for San Diego Comic-Con recently, uh, a lot of us were being told, like, don't worry, guys. All of this is going to make sense once Kevin Feige tells us what's happening at San Diego Comic-Con. And he shows up and he tells us Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty. We're like, well, yeah, like we knew Kang was going to be the main bad guy. But, like, we it's still kind of hard to tell, like, who, who are the Avengers? Like, who are mm-hmm. they? Who's who's going to get together? They? Where are they? When are, like... Why are we talking about all these extra stories that are going everywhere else that aren't just all interconnected with each other and going in one direction? Um, But I think it kind of relates a lot to, like, the comics where, you know, if you're a comic book fan, you know that there's a lot of storylines. And the best way to get into these comics is pick one superhero and just follow their storyline throughout all the comics that are going on at the time. That way you don't get overwhelmed by all these millions of different stories all colliding into each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's kind of, it has to slowly become the same thing with the MCU now where because we're entering multiverse and there's all these different supernatural stuff happening and outer space and on earth government stuff happening, pick a superhero and just follow that line until yeah. you get to Secret Wars because yeah. that's, at this point, this might be one of the only ways, if you're just a regular movie fan like a regular movie viewer that doesn't understand the mcu like just do it this way and it'll hopefully all make sense to you um but yeah i i'm i'm excited though either way like i want to see kang the conqueror just do his thing just like what ted said just get a move on let's get it going let's start this gosh darn multiverse storyline already so we can get into the meatiness you know i am this goes back ever since we we found out that Kang was going to be the villain in in this Ant-Man movie. I since the beginning I was like, okay, how is this going to work? You're setting up the big bad, this huge threat, but you're you're kind of you're starting him off. I mean, you started him off in Loki kind of, but we're going to see Kang proper for the first time in Quantumania. So it's like what's the tone of that movie going to be exactly because Kang is such a big bad threat. And he's going to be in an Ant-Man movie. And so it's like, how is this going to work? And even after hearing the synopsis and all that stuff, okay, he's going to hold Cassie hostage. He's going to make uh, Scott steal something. I wonder what that's going to be. Um, uh, something to help him with his multiversal travels. I don't know. Um, but it's I, I'm still having a hard time grasping what the tone of this movie could be. And you know what? I feel like D23 would have been the perfect opportunity to publicly release the footage that they showed them there. At least, right. you know, because we know they've had, they've, they've, they're done filming. They showed some footage at, footage at Comic-Con. Yeah. So I feel like with D23, this would have been a perfect opportunity to release something to give us a better idea of how this is going to mesh tonally. But again, missed opportunity. I think, yeah, people have seen Quantumania and uh, Guardians of Galaxy 3. We haven't. I feel I'm having FOMO. Yeah, 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 I know. At least the stuff that they put out in Comic-Con, like, it's been, we're far enough removed now that I feel like they could have put something out now. I don't know. Well, let's, uh, let me just jump into these next four topics right now, because I want to make sure we're tightening our time a little bit here. Yeah. 
Um, we've got a so we had four different topics that were four different things that were announced. Also, uh, number one being Fantastic Four director was confirmed to be Matt Shackman. So that's topic number one here, and it's uh, release date of November eighth, twenty twenty four. Second thing was that they did announce or they did talk a little bit about Loki season two with uh, uh, Kwan, uh who is going to be Kwan? in it. Short round is going to be in it, uh, as we were saying earlier. Then we have Ironheart, which is going to be uh, coming straight out of Wakanda forever. Uh, uh, I think her name is Riri Williams, mm-hmm. where she she gains. I'm going to assume she gets the Iron Man suit done in Wakanda forever, mm-hmm. and then afterwards the series for her starts. She's going to be our next Iron Man. Um, and then we have the Echo series, which, uh, you know, if you don't know who Echo was, go back and watch uh, Hawkeye, and you'll and you'll know for sure. And we have the Wilson Fisk and uh, a lot of Native American imagery in it, and Daredevil's going to be in it. You know, that all combines perfectly. We'll see how it works. But uh, you guys, from these four topics, is there anything that kind of piques your interest that you that you really, really want to talk about? Ironheart, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Echo, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hmm. She she wasn't particularly, I, I was one of those where it's like, Agatha gets her own show, and so does Echo. It's like, does everyone just getting their own show now? It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, Loki, sure, I'll watch it. And Kate Hoy Kwan, I can't wait to see him. Um, Fantastic Four, obviously, yeah, I want to know. But Ironheart. I think she's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be uh, her. It's going to be interesting to see how she gets the suit, how that evolves. And also I've heard that in the comics, at least Tony Stark is sort of a AI. So he Mm. comes back in spirit in a sense. Oh yeah. So you know what what they do with that? I'm glad you just brought that up because I, I just saw a rumor online again. It's a rumor. So don't take this, you know, to heart uh, that, uh, Robert Downey Jr. might be coming back to voice uh, Tony Stark in mm. the next What If season two. Aha! Uh-huh. Interesting. Oh, poor McWingert. Yeah, he's Mick kinda, Wingert. yeah, bye, <laughs> Mick. We're sorry, <laughs> man. <laughs> but he's kind of Mick Wingert. Look with that and uh, Jack Black coming yeah. back for the new Kung Fu oh, Panda show. Yeah. Mick Wingert is. Oh, I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> he's a talented voice actor, though. Yeah, very, very talented. Um, but no, I think I think if he's if this is a true rumor, like if this rumor is real, uh, then it's telling us that Robert Downey Jr. is dipping into the voiceover side of MCU, so that maybe possibly he could be the voice of the AI for Riri Williams. He would be the new Jarvis. He'd be the yes. new Jarvis. Jarvis. Yeah. Jarvis. Jarvis. That'd be uh, Jarvis. pretty interesting. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> e- either get Robert Downey Jr. to do the voice of the AI, or they go back to Mick Winger and they go, "Hey, Mick, you want to do the voice of?" Iron Man, you know, you want to be Tony Stark for the MCU? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but I feel like the first option is much more likely if that were the case. Um, but yeah, I think I'm actually I'm on, this, on, on the same boat as you, Ted. I think Ironheart is going to be a very cool character. Uh, I think she's she's going to be really interesting. Also, Anthony Ramos is going to be debuting as Parker Robbins slash The Hood. Uh, and he's like this magician character. And so the the... Uh, one of with the biggest guns. themes magician character with guns with guns yeah. one of the magic biggest themes of, of this is like <laughs> the the tech and magic doing battle um and so that's going to be really interesting but also i i thought it was really funny that anthony ramos when he he went up on stage to talk about his character and kevin feige's just standing there going tell him about your character anthony and anthony's just like oh well you know he's he's like cool but he's not but he's like evil but he's not 
and like he's scary sometimes, but sometimes he's not. And then Kevin Feige's like, okay, let's just okay, let's just talk about tech and magic doing battle. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're thing. right. Let's they do ma- yeah tech and magic. That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's I feel like that is probably just like I I don't know what to say because you know how oh, Marvel yeah. is like, ah, Marvel's gonna send out a hitman, but they're gonna put a hit out on me. <laughs> Kevin so Feige like, is the hitman with a I gun. Can, just yeah, <laughs> standing there in front of Kevin Feige, I feel like Anthony Ramos probably was like scared about like well, I don't know what to say. Uh, Dude, I'm gonna he's spoil this, but he's not. So bad. He's this, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. That's what that sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that's probably, yeah, I think I agree with both of you guys. That's out of these four things. That's probably the one I'm most interested in because it's so different. And it's like the fantastic four thing. That's just, okay. They announced the WandaVision director. That's cool. But even before D 23, that was something that was getting rumored. It was pr- a pretty strong likelihood that that he was going to end up being the fantastic four director i think we kind of suspected that coming in and then they just officially confirmed it so it's like all right cool um loki season two okay we kind of know what to expect with loki you know we've 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 seen the show and so okay cool um echo uh, i didn't really care about so much so yeah out of those four Ironheart is the one that intrigues me the most I will say uh, Black Panther 2, I think, I'm is of the properties. It looks like the most quality property coming out right now. That trailer was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the next one right around the corner. In yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Oof. So well, cool. listen, guys, gentlemen, we are all done discussing Marvel then. Uh, we've got our, our next uh, topics here then. The Disney live action film the stuff. The Disney. The Disney. Live, <laughs> live <Now> action <laughs> cash grab. Live action. Now in yeah. HD 3D. All your favorite today. Disney characters. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, there there was a ton of these movies right now. We are going to talk about uh, quite a few of them, but uh, we've only got so much time, you guys. Um, a lot. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to list off just all the titles from the Disney live action first, and then we'll just go down whichever ones really pique our interest to talk about. But as long as I'm naming them all, all you listeners can at least be aware that these are projects that were talked about during D23. All right. So number one, we got Hocus Pocus 2. They discussed that. We talked about uh, Disenchanted with, uh, what's her face? Uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams, that's her face. Uh, Then we got (laughs) The Little Mermaid live action. Got a first look at that. We also got Peter Pan and Wendy, which Ted Evans is going to totally read the description on that. Uh, Then we got Haunted Mansion. We also got Mufasa, the Lion King prequel to the the live action. That word. Then we have Snow White, uh, the live action version of that. Well, they also talked about Percy Jackson and the Olympians TV series on Disney Plus. Then we talked about, or they talked about National Treasure: Edge of History. No Nicolas Cage. Then we talked about Santa Clauses. So the third movie of the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, and I believe his. his hope, well, there are, you there know, are already three movies, so this will be. Well, it's a TV show, so it's like a fourth. Oh, okay, story. okay, yeah. okay. Then even better. Then we talked about, or then they talked about Avatar, The Way of Water. They give us a quick sneak peek about that. Then they discussed Wish, which is, uh, I believe, an animated film that they're working on. Uh, then they talked about, finally, for Disney live action, but not really because this is animation, Iwaju, which is a first look at this uh, Nigerian uh, project for Disney Plus that's animated. 
Now, gentlemen, which one of these piques your interest that you'd like to discuss first? None of them. They all suck. They're terrible. I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, okay, I'll tell you. The most tangible things out of all these are probably Hocus Pocus 2, Disenchanted, and The Little Mermaid because we actually got trailers for all these, right? Yeah. So why don't why don't we start with The Little Mermaid then? Because uh, I yes. think the the music for that I. I'm not going to lie, the, when I first heard about the live-action thing, there was a part of me that was like, ah, oh, another live-action Disney thing. Okay, here we go. And then I saw the trailer, and you hear the music start playing. And as I'm watching this trailer, I got really teary-eyed for some weird reason. Like, it just brought out this emotion out of me. And then you get to hear uh, Halle Bailey's voice when she sings as Ariel. And uh, just a little tidbit of it. You get a little bit... And it, it got me. I think I, I was sold. I, I want to see more of it, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. I just hope it's not like a Lion King thing where they extend it to two hours because they need it to be over two hours instead of an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Um, what'd you, what did you guys think of that? Uh, this one is like the talk of the internet at the moment. Yeah. You know, people are just losing their minds over uh, uh, Halle Bailey, who looks beautiful and sings like a freaking angel. Yeah. So there's no reason why uh, people should be so hung up on this other than blatant racism. Yeah. That terrible. said, this is still another live action Disney movie. It's probably not <laughs> going to be good. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. besides the fact that she's going to be great. I'm curious to see what Ursula, Melissa McCarthy is like. Mm. It's just another live action movie. I probably, I may, you know, because of the controversy, I'll probably end up going to see this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, I, th- I, I think it's interesting because it's like, there, there's all these people saying like, oh, Ariel can't be black. Like, she can't be. Who says she can't, well, she can't well, be? Here, here's the main so thing. This is the main thing you always have to ask yourself when you look at a movie and they, they gender swap, race swap or anything. Does it, matter to the story that the character has to be this specific thing does ariel have to be white in order for the story to make sense in this particular case it really doesn't matter like it does does not matter whatsoever does it does it fundamentally change the character The, the the comparison i always make is magneto like he has to be jewish right because that is a fundamental part of who he is you can't separate magneto from that from that yep. history that he has so that's the comparison i think if, yeah pretty sure if he was buddhist it'd be a different story for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean if that's not the case if that's if 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 her everything about ariel it doesn't if if that has to do with her being black that's one thing but it doesn't you know it doesn't fundamentally change the character so yeah i'm totally cool with it and yeah and other like you said other than blatant racism you know it's just i don't know it's 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 sad to see that um but of course it's the internet it's like what else do you expect yeah um yeah like i i but again going back to what ted said you know it is a live action disney thing so whether or not she might have the greatest performance in the world. The writing might be off. The the directing might be off. Mm. Maybe, Lin-Manuel Miranda's adding new songs to this musical movie that we know and love that we grew up with. So what are the odds that we hear that new music and we go, ah, ah, make it stop, Lin-Manuel, why? Like, this is not the well, right choice for you. 
You know, I, 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 I like Lee Manuel. Here's the thing. I love him. I okay. I'm. I feel the same way you guys do about all these live action remakes. They're such cash grabs. They just we don't need them. We already have the originals, and unless you're going to do something completely different, they just they they just look like shot for shot remakes. And when I say completely different, I'm not talking about an extra song or two. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not what I mean. You know what I mean? You, you gotta give us a reason. To take you know, give us a reason to care about this one, and that's different. Taking it in a new direction. And again, that's not an extra two musical numbers. And I love Lee Manuel Miranda. That's you know, I have no, I, I love his music. I think he's super talented. But that's not gonna do it for me unless I know you're gonna take it in a completely different different direction. Now. With the trailer, I think it's gorgeous. I think it looks beautiful, the the imagery and all that stuff. And yeah, Halle Bailey sings. I mean, she sings so beautifully in that. I, I was moved listening to that. But like you guys are saying, it's yet another live-action Disney movie. So I'm just like, I don't know. And the trailer didn't give me enough to go on to see how different they're going to make it. So I don't know. I, right now, it's just kind of okay. She it's sings like, great. Yeah, obviously, fuck racist excuse me ah, f racism there is. <laughs> there's the one no! <laughs> i mean that's a good one that's a that's good, good one right that's good yeah. that's a good time good moment when to racism have it. involved <laughs> oh we got to <laughs> another that second one. time ah. <laughs> uh but this this whole uh thing is just distracting from the movie will probably not be good on its own merits <laughs> yeah these yeah. movies aren't good yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I hope it is for her sake, because I feel like it's opened up a whole world of whole uh, world? nasty no, uh, people saying stuff about her on the Internet that does not deserve to be said it's just so because terrible. of the color of her skin. And I hope that it, it makes a bajillion dollars and she gets you know propelled into many more projects to come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's uh, also what I hope. I is hope that, the movie is all right, but yeah, I have like, my doubts. I, I think that the because they're making this live-action mermaid movie, like they, I hope that they have learned from their past films of live-action stuff, and they've heard what the fans have to say about it. You know, because the last thing we want to see is just the same shot-for-shot shot thing. Because if that's the case, I'm just gonna go watch the original movie on Disney Plus. You know, like that's. There's no reason for me to go into the theaters yeah. because I, I want to see a new story. Like, I want you to give me something different, which I'm pretty sure I've already talked about this with both of you before. But, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the original French film from the 40s, at the end, Gaston turns into the Beast and tries to hunt down the original Beast and Belle. And I thought, hey, that'd be cool if they did that at the end of Beauty and the Beast and, you know, for this live-action remake with Emma Watson. Like, that'd be really cool. But they didn't do that. They did a shot for shot of the original movie, trying to just make it live action magical. Um, but it's like, yeah, like give us something fresh, give us something new, and I'm sure we're gonna love it and enjoy it. I think Lin Manuel Miranda coming in with new music might be a good sign that it's not just gonna be the original story you remember. It's gonna have a little bit of differences here and there. Um, yeah, so I think uh, the fish are gonna be rap singing. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm a fish. Let me tell you what it's. <laughs> I'm under the sea, man. <laughs> oh man, I swear to God, if you get a fish that looks like Lin Manuel Miranda going lights up on Washington Heights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come Atlantis, on, Lin. Atlantis, Atlantis, seventeen forty-two. We're Atlantis, not with a Z, but with a T, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the other topic, though. We had Hocus Pocus 2 as well, right? 
Yeah. I think they, mm-hmm. they just, in the trailer that came out, uh, we get to see the Sanderson sisters as teenagers beginning their lives as the witches audiences know and love. Uh, then later on, two teenager, teenage girls inadvertently summon the Sandersons. The witches get into all kinds of mischief as they exact vengeance on the people of Salem. Um, I, I'm just excited for this movie. I, I, you know, this is more of a nostalgia thing for me. I love the, the original one. They look the same. The actors look exactly the same. And it was they all do. because and of prosthetics and makeup. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying. This is, it's, yeah, I grew up watching the first Hocus Pocus. And my wife and I, we watch it every year during Halloween season. I don't know. I'm, it looks like it could be funny. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just, uh, it's hard. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just like, do we need it? Is it? I don't know. It has to be really, really good. I hope yeah. it's really, really good because right now I'm like, all I can say is that, okay, they're back again. Sounds like, okay, teenagers inadvertently summon them again. Okay, that's familiar. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say Top Gun 2 didn't come out for almost 40 years and they <laughs> killed it in a good way you know so i'm i'm like okay sanderson sisters we haven't seen them for like over almost 20 years right yeah we can we, i think they, they they must have had some good idea you Little know in fact tom cruise has a cameo in hocus pocus too That's, get out of here he actually made them fly on real brooms this is crazy <laughs> and they got the camera mounted on there i wanted to look real <laughs> <laughs> no, like they legitimately flew. Like it was real, guys. We and need jets. real brooms. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is licensed to fly brooms now, um, and he. Oh well, you know he is a Scientologist. There's a <laughs> there's a chance. Yeah, he, probably. He's got know. psychic powers. You know, that's <laughs> how it works. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for the movie. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think what is this next month or end of this month, September 30th? Yep, comes Ooh. out. So uh, we'll, be, we'll definitely be watching it uh, oh, in yeah. October. Yep. But Raul, are you going to watch the first one first and then the second one, or are you going to just go well, straight well, to the second one? No, we're going to watch the first one. We always watch ah, the first very, one every year. So that's very, that's the very. way to do it. You do the one-two punch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, then, last thoughts before we move on to Disenchanted. Nay. <laughs> Nay, indeed. Very well, then. Disenchanted with Amy Adams. Uh, the sequel will find Adams Giselle... 15 years after she married Dempsey's Robert, disillusioned with their city life and deciding to move to the sleepy suburb of Monroeville, it's not the the instant happily ever after she hoped for, though, and she turns to them, oh wait, I read that wrong, and she turns to the magic of Andalasia for help and accidentally turns the entire town into a real-life fairy tale, streaming November 24th on Disney+. Plus. I think based on the trailer that I saw for this, uh, I really like the idea of Amy Adams' character becoming a stepmother kind of figure, you know, like she's kind of slowly becoming villainous in a way, but like accidentally, like she doesn't mean to. Um, yeah, I mean, that's cool. I can't wait to see the musical numbers. One of the things that really sold it for me was in the original film was that song that was like, "How does she know that you love her?" You know, and they use that in the trailers and like tried to like really give us that, but we didn't really hear any songs really. For this trailer, um, any thoughts I'm sure on that? There you guys? will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's like people dancing and singing on camera, but we didn't get to hear them. So I'm like, yeah. why are they hiding the songs? That's like the biggest part of of this stuff, isn't it? Like, that's mm-hmm. such a big deal with Amy Adams. This is another one that's going to be the years after the fact sequel that hopefully is good enough to warrant existing. 
You know, yeah. it's just the same as Hocus Pocus too. You're like, yeah, I hope it doesn't suck. You know, it's yeah. basically, it's an, it's interesting that they're flipping it in, you know, where she, her world now becomes, like everyone yeah. else becomes more like her world. So that's an interesting yeah. twist on it. Yeah, so. I agree. I was going to say, it kind of needs to do something a little different, you know, and, and so I am intrigued by that. And then the fact that she's kind of, she kind of goes down a, like, a little dark path, right? You know, she was so, like, bubbly and optimistic and bright in the first one, and now she's kind of, again, you know, she's she looks like she's uh, she's making some questionable decisions, right? Um, mm-hmm. be- you have to take it somewhere different, because honestly, what I loved about the first Enchanted was it was kind of the first self-aware Disney movie because they were starting to to make fun of the tropes of like the Disney animated princess films right and I really I remember really enjoying that I was like okay I see what you're doing Disney you're making fun of yourself I like that but with this second movie it's like that novelty has already it's already happened so now it's like you don't have that in the second movie so yeah you got to try and do something a little different with that. I'm sure they're going to make self-referential jokes again and, and you know, make fun of those little tropes and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to need something more this time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, again, it's like, it's another thing like, well, okay, well, well, we'll see, you know. Yeah, I agree. Ted, mm-hmm. any last uh, few thoughts? No, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that yeah, Enchanted. Then. then let's talk about some Pixar. So we got Pixar as our final thing here. Again, I'm going to list off some top, some some headlines that were reported, and uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to pick the number one thing we really want to talk about for this one. Since we're really tight on time, all you listeners, we're so sorry. But if hey, if you guys, if you listeners would like to know more about you know the news announcements and just hear little tidbits here and there, uh, we do have our Instagram account at Real Geek News, so feel free to check that out. Um, and we'd be more than happy to keep talking about it with you guys. Anyways, Pixar. We have uh, the first one. We had a movie called Elemental get rep- get announced. Then we got this uh, this short Disney Plus series called Win or Lose for Pixar. Then we have uh, a movie called Elio. And then let's see. That's it. Oh no, well, no, I'm sorry. I lied. Then there's Inside Out Two. Inside Out Two is also reported. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume that we're all thinking about Inside Out Two, possibly. Yeah, right? we're thinking. Yeah, we're thinking Inside uh, Out Two. Coming to re- the forefront of my yeah. mind. Yeah, people really seem to come out of the woodworks to be like, "This was my favorite Pixar movie." Yeah, I don't know if it is mine, but mm. I'm curious to see what they would do with it. Yeah. In the middle of that movie, the imaginary friend, the elephant. What's his name? Bing Bong. Bing, Bing Bong. Bong. Yeah. They can't bring Bing Bong back. Justice for Bing Bong. Justice for Bing Bong. Will he come back? (laughs) Will there be a new Bing Bong? Played by Richard Kind. (laughs) Yeah, love Richard. Me, Bing Bong. Well, like (laughs) we also have a the the description we got here was that Amy Poehler is going to return and Riley, the character Riley, is a teenager now. So we're going to see new and we're going to see new emotions as well. Releases summer twenty twenty four. So I'm going to assume the the imaginary friend things. It's probably behind us now because now she's a teenager. She's thinking more about boys now. She can still like, have an imaginary friend, Kevin. 
You're right. She probably you has know. an imaginary boyfriend. And I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely unpack that. But uh, no, I, I'm actually really excited to see like the new emotions and stuff like that too. Because as you get older, like you start feeling new things, and you know that that's kind of a poetic way to put it, I suppose. Mm. Um, but Riley, growing up, being a teenager, you can only imagine what kind of experiences she's gonna have. Hopefully she's done thinking about moving out or, like, escaping the house and running away or something because I think we're past that phase as well. Mm. But uh, what's something you guys are, are really looking forward to seeing in this? How the how the emotions uh, evolve, I, I assume. Yeah. Or maybe there's a new emotion, like horniness. It's like, <laughs> what's that Inside like? Out 2, rated R. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I want to see. <laughs> Horniness. <laughs> well, there, there comes the the, bo- the boyfriends, I mean. <laughs> well, that, or girlfriends. Yeah. I or mean, girlfriends, yeah. You never know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You know, you know, you never hey, it's know. 2022, you know. I will say this new direction, it, it does intrigue me. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, the, the next story, she's a teenager now. Sure, like that makes total sense makes me wonder, is this movie going to be a little darker? Because, I mean, you know, teenagers, it's not, it's a little harder, you know? Teenagers have it a lot harder than when they were kid. When you're a kid, a young kid, things are simpler. Life is so much simpler. Once you hit the teenage years, you know, it, things get a little more complicated. The problems are a little more serious, and, you know, it gets, it gets a little darker. So I'm wondering... I don't think shame, regret. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Horny. You never horniness. Of course, horniness. Of course, of course. So I'm wondering how depression. Far... <laughs> exactly. I, I it really. I wonder how far they're going to push the envelope on that. Of course, I don't think it's going to be super dour and 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 dark and depressing, but at least a little bit darker, um, a little bit more complex, which is it is very intriguing for me. I also um, think it's it, it's also really cool that Amy Poehler's coming back just because, I, I, you know, let, let's be honest. I think Amy Poehler, like, this is one of her biggest roles. So, like, when she worked on in, Inside Out the first one, it's like, girl, like, this this is your role. Like, this yeah. is this every time people like this hear about Leslie you, they Nope. think of this. Exactly. So, like, of course you got to say yes to a sequel. And you look at things like, you know, Tom Hanks working on Toy Story. That could be you in the next 10 years. They could be making Inside Out 2, 3, 4, 5 mm. for all you know, you know. But... I, I, I hope they keep the same cast of people that were originally there uh, inside her, uh, Riley's head, the actors who played those characters. Um, but yes, Raul, what's up? Well, you say that I did hear a report, um, and I don't, I, I haven't, I think I did hear a report that Bill Hader and Mindy Colling are not coming back. What? Characters. I'd have to maybe maybe double check that but i did hear that somewhere and i'm not sure how much truth there is but apparently the reason was that they were offered an an insanely low number of money um that they <laughs> thought you know screw this you know we're not we're not coming back for that so wow. he's buried now he doesn't need that money that's right do you think do you think that might be producing and she's doing a whole bunch of stuff now yeah. Success, there, there's successful. been a lot of like uh issues with pixar lately though too cuz every time pixar has worked on a new movie because of COVID, you know, the CEO has just been like, nope, put it to streaming. It's free on streaming to watch. We don't have to pay for it. Just let everybody watch it. So they don't make money back in the box office for it. And, like, that kind of discredits Pixar a little bit. And so I wonder if, like, do you think maybe the budget for this movie kind of got affected because of that kind of way of looking at Pixar? And uh, maybe that's the reason why Bill Hader couldn't get paid enough, you know? What do you guys think? 
I don't think know. we should put up a fight about this because as voice actors, we could totally get Bill Hitter's work. Voice doubling. Yeah, yeah, let us do it, yeah. <laughs> I have voice doubled for Bill Hitter once, so oh, I, I, yeah, there we go. I can, I know I can do it. <laughs> put me in. That's true. That's true. I did say, oh, no, they're not oh, no. coming back, but really no. we should be like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. get us in there, you know? Only um, one million. I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Dang. I'll take whatever oh. scraps Disney's willing to <laughs> <Right>? give me. <laughs> oh, Put me man. in, coach. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, but it, it does actually kind of open up a, a big conversation because we're all voice actors. Like, the idea of hiring celebrities to do these voices for these characters, when most voice actors were like, hey, like, if you want, like, voice actors, like, you can hire us, you know? Like, we're cool. Hey, like, we're there's, here. there's always this conversation of, like, the marketing of celebrities. Oh, that's what makes the money. But I don't think that's always true. I think it's it's about the content and what the story is and what the emotions that are portrayed in these stories are like and who portrays them doesn't always matter, you know? Mm-hmm. But that, uh that doesn't seem from what I'm seeing lately with all this stuff with, you know, the like the what was it? The the Super Pets movie, the DC Super Pets. Yeah, like, yeah you got Dwayne Johnson, you got Kevin Hart in there, but who I don't cares? know. It didn't really do well, did it? No. Nah. I, I actually like kind of like that movie, but like that's what everybody was saying. Is it just, I heard it was good. Yeah, I never uh, saw it, but I did. That's the thing. I feel like it's it's not really working anymore. Marketing these films with the celebrity, you know, the celebrity voice actors and stuff. I I don't feel like that's quite working anymore like it used to. I'm fine with that because more work <laughs> for voice actors. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. You know, it's the no way it way. used to be. No way, yeah. guys. I got it. This is how they 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 recast everybody for Inside Out 2. Just get Chris Pratt to come in and no, he'll he'll play, voice, he, he voices all, all the characters. <laughs> Perfect. That's the I fix. think he'll do amazing. Just get pr- Chris Pratt <laughs> and he'll me, fix Mario. your... He'll fix your... <laughs> hey, Mario, hey, Luigi, where, where's going on? We got to defeat Bowser and... Come on, I'm Mario. <laughs> He's turning into Owen Wilson for some reason. Come on. Oh, wow. Luigi, wow. That's A little bit of Owen Wilson in there. That's yeah. so nuts. Wow. Chris Pratt and Owen <laughs> Wilson doing a movie together, voicing a movie together. <laughs> oh. I dare you to pick out which one's which. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda drops and starts rapping as well at the end as Bowser. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be perfect. I'd watch the heck out of that. <laughs> you fixed your animated movie. That's it. There we go. The that's how you fix it. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's actually all the time we have for today. Um, so, with that being said, uh, we made it to the end. So, thanks Hooray. for listening. Really yeah, quick, yes. Raul, Be- yes. Before we end, I'd like to give uh, Ted an opportunity to let us know, dude. I mean, where where can people follow you? Got anything you want to plug? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, Ted Evans VO uh, on everything. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and I post a lot of stuff on TikTok, especially about voiceover. I do a, a, a show on there called Mr. Evans VO Corner. It's, I love, uh, yeah, I love uh, all that stuff you put up. Yeah, I do yeah. movie reviews and stuff like that. So uh, nothing to promote at the moment, um, but I am one of the Aflac Ducks, so that's fun. That's out there, <laughs> and uh, you can catch me on TikTok. I'll I'm doing stuff pretty much every day, so hit me up. I'm always around to talk about voiceover or movies, whatever you want. Heck yeah. I'm good for it. Well, then again, that all being said, we made it to the end. Hooray! 
Thanks for listening, everybody. You can follow us on Instagram at Real Geek News. You can also follow us separate handles on Twitter and Instagram with Kevin A. Kevin A. Rivera VO and Raul Ceballos VO. And you you know where Ted is now. Oh, uh, yeah. You did have that written there. Sorry. You son of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know you added it. You know what? It doesn't Sorry. even matter. Whatever. <laughs> I was going to make it sound cool Sorry. and smoothly go into it. But I you said, interrupted me. I didn't know you added that in there. I was like, let's give Ted an opportunity. You know what? Forget your line. I'm going to say your lines, too. Want to send right. us a message to yeah. tell us your passionate movie news opinions? Send us an email at realgeeknews at gmail.com. And, of course, we'll all leave the descriptions below. Stay safe, stay classy, and most important of all, Raul. Stay geeky, my friends.